0: Welcome, everybody, to the Tuesday Show. My name is James Chen, and I am joined once again by the illustrious Ultra David and... Oh, crap. Okay, anyways, uh, sorry. Uh, Tubo is unable to join the show today. He is feeling a little sick, and that's uh, very unfortunate. Do uh, everybody in the chat please wish Tubo uh, chance—you know the, to get better, and we hope he feels a lot better soon.
1: I better see some Twitter ads, at TuboWare. Hey, buddy feel better soon all right let's uh talk about what we got going on on the side here as you can see king of fighters 15 wow it's out for some people and will be out soon for everybody else capcom cup well capcom pro tour season final more specifically preview we'll talk about it combo breaker 2022 we'll talk about uh, a lot of stuff actually with our guest auric it's gonna be cool looking forward to that one and then we have a five-five matchup that we have come up with. We got some that you came up with. You'll be you'll get to vote on that. And then of course we have our mailbags to round things out. But let's begin by talking about the king of fighters number 15.
0: Yeah. So uh, to say that I've been inundated in King of Fighters talk for the past year would be uh, underselling it probably. Mm -hmm. So uh, I have definitely been fully ensconced in KOF news, especially King of Fighters 15 news for the past year. And so it's surreal that the game is out. Mm, <laughs>
2: like it finally. just doesn't
0: even feel real, you know mm-hmm. uh, we've been talking about what we expect and predicting yeah. characters for so long that it's just it's bizarre to me now that, yeah. It's in our hands.
1: It has uh, happened. It actually has happened. Yeah, so we'll talk about our – it's not out yet. It is out yet for some – it is out for some people. Again, if you got the season pass, then it's out. Uh, if you didn't, then it's out in two days. Oh, Jesus, so.
0: Sultan Cobra. Hope you feel better, dude. I know – I don't. I forgot Ooh. if you were the one that mentioned it that, you know um, – that it's it's da- more dangerous for you to catch something like that, but I, I hope you're okay, dude. I hope you're okay. Uh, one yeah, of our
1: best wishes.
0: Yeah one one of my one of our loyal viewers in the chat saying uh, catching COVID here, so you know definitely well, feel scary times.
1: Absolutely still out there. It's still still bad news in a lot of ways.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, as far as King of Fighters goes, uh, I'm coming into this from the perspective of somebody who played thirteen. By the way, somebody whose very first tournament victory, the very first tournament I ever won in fighting games, was in King of Fighters. King oh, of what? Fighters 2003. Was this the one that you beat Ricky Ortiz in? <laughs> the very first tournament I ever won was over Ricky Ortiz, yes. <laughs> <laughs> in, that was in 2003. And uh, she she was, first of all, not too happy to lose to just some rando scrub in the arcade, the barricade. The Uh, and then secondarily, um, I don't think she really played the game at all. It was just like, (laughs) 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 but yeah, that's technically true that I won my very first tournament in KOF and over Ricky anyway, that ended. didn't play any KOFs for like a dozen years. Uh, I did play 13 for a while. I didn't play 14 at all. And now I'm coming into this one with the perspective of, you know, of somebody who is open to trying new games and always down to try new stuff that's coming out. And so you and I did, did get a chance to play. Yeah, Uh, yesterday.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, so I've had a bunch of time to play a lot of the betas as well. I don't know if you actually played much during the betas, Uh, so you know, I did have a little bit of time beforehand. But uh, right, Right. that's true. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, playing with you, though, yesterday was like kind of the first time it was just like, hey, we're just going to sit here and try to learn because before I was mm-hmm. playing against Olaf and he's just kicking my yeah. ass all day, you know, and so.
1: Yeah, he really knows what's <laughs> up, so it's a little yeah. different, yeah. Well, so I clearly did not. I mean, I came into it, so I, uh, yesterday we played again. We played on stream. If you guys would like to check it out, uh, it was fantastic top-level gameplay for sure. Yeah, sh- uh, shout-outs on this, to –
0: Shout-outs to SNK and Koch Media for giving us that uh, ability to play early. So
1: Definitely. Definitely. That was really, really nice. Uh, I had a lot of fun, and I, like I said, I wasn't coming into it brand new fresh. I did spend some time in training mode with different characters to figure out like who I was interested in. I did spend some time in the missions trying to see like what some basic combos mm-hmm. are um so i wasn't wasn't completely fresh but i was pretty new yeah
0: you bust out these little uh max mode
1: king combos on me out of nowhere i was like wait a second what's happening here that was one of the few combos that i actually learned yeah exactly Exactly. (laughs) it's the ringer dude i was like wait a second yeah i all of a sudden knew what was up yeah yeah. all (laughs) right but you know before we talk maybe too much about that why don't we just talk about our initial impressions having seen the game now for a few days played it briefly yeah what do you think I mean,
0: again, like, I've been pretty optimistic about it. I mean, it's hard not to be when, like I said, you're talking about it constantly and just kind of looking forward Mm -hmm. to it. But, I mean, honestly, I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, use their tagline or anything like that. But, I mean, I, I feel like it has at least met most of my expectations, you know, at this point in time. I think the game is really fun. And when I was learning the beta, I was surprised at how much the game still feels like, I mean, it feels like an old school fighting game. I don't know if that makes any sense, but there's something about it that feels like it's it's very, you know, it feels very arcade to me when I play it. And it mm. just feels like it has that really kind of approachable standpoint where they made fighting games in the past with no pretenses that anyone had access to frame data or training mode on anything and so (laughs) the game just kind of flows and it works i don't know there's just something about it that felt really good about it and uh, and again the character variety feels really really good and honestly i think the game looks great like i know when the reveal trailers are coming out like i thought king was a Particularly yeah, looking character out of all of them, but when we were playing, I mean, you were using King all day, and nothing really ever stuck stuck out to me like as as like a you know Dante face or Chris face from <laughs> M V C I kind of stuff, you know.
1: Yeah, she does. She has better than Falk animations in S F Five. I'll give her that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, I, <laughs> <laughs> she's. I think she's fun. So my, my perspective just after, you know, again, a couple of days of playing and testing it out and watching a little bit as well is definitely positive. Yeah, I definitely think that it's it seems like a really fun game. My my view, I did, I did play with friends in the betas a little bit. Uh, I played online with a buddy. Oh, okay. And I was at that time, you know, I didn't know anything. I hadn't gotten into training mode. We were just like, hey, let's hop in. And I didn't know anything about it. Um, Hadn't played KOF, like I said, since 13. and And I just, I felt like it was... Uh, kind of, kind of slow, which was surprising to me, and I and I felt like it was not very in, it didn't flow well, was my opinion Mm -hmm, at the time. mm -hmm. And then after having yeah, put it in a little bit of time into training mode and into the like missions and stuff like that, so I like actually knew what was going on. Um, I didn't feel like that at all yesterday. I I felt like it was a lot more, um, it flowed a lot better. You know, some of the people who were watching us play were like, "How come there's not that much running going on? Like, we're not, <laughs> we're not that great." To be clear, little uh, did you know, but at high levels, running is not as important. No, I'm just kidding. I'm <laughs> yeah, <not>. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like, there was. It still felt like there was plenty of movement. The movement was good. The options, as you said, are. They feel really distinct. I feel like the different characters feel quite different. Even some characters who have maybe similar game plans, like here's a couple of characters who are grapplers. They want to get in. Like right? Like that's mm-hmm. But the way that they actually do that, their tools are different and their roots up close are different. And you know, they 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 move around differently. And I feel like there's enough variety there. Um, right. one of my feelings about 13 what personally, I mean, obviously it's a good game, but my personal opinion was that there wasn't enough character variety. I didn't feel like there was like important differences between enough of the characters for my tastes personally. In this game, after having played it, I did not feel that way. All the characters that we were playing were really distinct. I've watched other people play games, uh, play games in KOF fifteen, and and I feel like there's a lot of other variety that's there too. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I I was very positive about it. I think the best thing that I'll say about the graphics is that they're fine. I don't think that they're, like, award-winning, but that's also not a big deal for me. Either way, it doesn't really (laughs) matter to me. Um, I haven't played or not played games because it's beautiful or not, right? It's just not that big of a deal. And I don't think that it's bad-looking. I think that it's totally fine. Um, So I don't don't know. I don't really see any reason to talk it up or to talk it down. There it is. It's fine. Right.
0: Yeah, and, you know, some people in the chat were asking about one-player content, and I see 16-bit saying that that doesn't have a lot of great one-player content. But, look, Mm. you're coming from NRS games, (laughs) all right? There's NRS one-player content, and then there's everything else. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. uh, No, I haven't messed with a lot of it, and I've definitely seen some really, like... Kind of weird things they've done, like to unlock a lot of the music and everything like that. So King of Fighters has always had secret teams, like weird themed teams, like Team Bear Midriffs that was like Angel, Mary, yep. and Benny, and Maru, and stuff like that. Was that was a team? No. In one of the previous games, if you happen to use that, they had a special ending. Right, yeah, this is what KOF has done. So they they they, like it was like a team hats or something like that. I know. Uh So remember when I talked about how Kyo, Iori, and Chizuru have never actually been officially a team, but in one game, if you played all three of them, they got a special ending, you know, kind of thing like that. And they have that again, but that's what you have to do to unlock a bunch of the music in the DJ station. And they don't tell you who Mm -hmm. the teams are. They tell you who two of the members are, and the last one's question mark. So you had to figure out who the third one is someone already just figured them all out and posted them all out there and everything like that so it's just in the day of day and age of the internet like I just don't feel like that kind of thing is necessary and it feels like it's kind of a a a false way to uh, you know expand on the single player content Mm -hmm. but you know the fact that it came out with an arcade mode (laughs) and has one player (laughs) Is already a a, a step above.
1: <laughs> yeah, some games other, have done worse.
0: Other fighting <laughs> games that have released within the past decade.
1: <sighs> yeah, that is um, definitely true. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, I felt I felt very positively about it. So we we played. Uh, I'll just say which characters I've used. I've played uh, King of Dinosaurs. I feel like is the character that is most obviously going to be on my team yeah. long term. Basically, it's Street Fighter Four Zangief with, like, a little extra bells and whistles <laughs> here and there. I feel very homey with, with that yeah, character. I feel yeah. very much at home. And Definitely then, the character.
0: Well, actually, both that and your King were very tough to deal with, so. Yeah,
1: I mean, yeah. And, and King is a character who I played in thirteen, and remember a little bit of. Mm-hmm. And also, just, you know, her game plan is something that's very intelligible. I think I think that's... True for both of those characters. Their game plans are very intelligible. And just like, you look at them and you're like, oh, here's what you do. And and so for like, you know, my initial teams, I definitely have those two on there. I also played Maxima. I don't really know what the deal is with that character yet. So uh, he wasn't doing too much on my team. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, I don't really have an opinion on whether he's good or bad. I just felt like I didn't know what to do. And I also really like Dolores. I think she seems super sick. Really really interesting design lots of very interesting options I like that I really like whip I think that I might want to play whip instead of King because mm. I tend to prefer Dalsum style zoners instead oh, of projectile style zoners okay, okay. Uh, sometimes sometimes games don't have that like in NRS games there's not really like a dalsum so there's you know you I zone <laughs> with projectiles instead but when there are Dalsums I prefer that. And super so I super think I'd close to, to the ground
0: work. no super close to the ground cabal fireballs for
1: you <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah it's see a gas blast from back in the day no thanks yeah <laughs>
0: wasn't it like in was it an mk9 that you could do it so low that even crouching characters
1: couldn't crouch under it nah you could crouch under but still okay, like you okay. couldn't you couldn't move you were right. stuck basically. <laughs> uh mm-hmm. yeah and again again i don't i don't have an opinion on which characters are good or not i don't feel like i'm at that skill level to really be able to say and obviously it's just so early anyway even if you are skilled it's just really really early but yeah those are the characters that i tried and i felt like they're all interesting i liked you you played a lot of clark and clark seemed pretty sick too yeah and it's
0: funny because you were talking about how the grapplers are very different from each other like king of dinosaurs felt more like the i've got range kind of grappler and i can kind of footsies my way through that cd was really really strong whereas clark I had that standing C, but like that was literally the only thing that I had for range. And so it felt like he, yeah, they, they they felt like they had different game plans for being both with grapplers. And I think that's really, really cool.
1: I definitely agree. Yeah. I I like that a lot. Uh, Who else have you messed with? Uh,
0: So in the betas, uh, I messed a lot with (laughs) team uh, uh, sacred treasures. So I did Iori, Kyo and Chizuru a lot. Um, Uh, Iori I mean, Iori is Iori, right? Iori's always gonna be Yori. I think he's like one character that's never really gonna drastically change because he's mm. kinda like the uh like he's i mean he him and robert to me are the shotos of the game basically mm. so if you want to start with the game and you're like i'm gonna pick tag be shoto you know character and you pick kyo oh what a mistake like <laughs> don't pick kyo kyo is uh now the recka monster basically because like mm, okay. every record that he does leads into like different branches like quarter circle forward this half circle back this punch have that same thing with kick but then you can also like he's got a bunch of different things like that but that's kind of what made me like him chizuru is really weird and hard to use so i don't know but in the second beta I fell in love with Isla, so Isla is definitely a character I think that's going to be on my team. Uh, I like Terry just because he feels good punching people.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <I> definitely, <laughs> I, like he punches good. He He's feels, a good puncher.
0: Yeah, he feels well. I mean, so uh, have you ever played Streets of Rage four? No. No. So uh, I, my, my friend recommended it to me, so I got it, and I tried like Blaze, the Chun Li kind of fast character. And she was okay. Then I picked Floyd, who's, like, the grappler. And he has the ability to pick somebody up. And if you walk into somebody else, he picks them up and he slams them together. And, like, there's just certain things that feel good in in video games. And that was definitely the one. Like, I was not enjoying myself playing Blaze. Then I picked Floyd, and I was like, yeah! And that's kind of what Terry kind of gives me, you know? You just, like burn knuckle people all day and it's like amazing so uh, I like Terry and then yesterday when we were playing I mean Robert was cool but he's he's Shoto he's literally Shoto you know so you're just gonna kind of play him that way I really did enjoy Clark a lot though I, I did yeah I did like I could Clark. tell you were having fun Yeah, and then uh, the last character I was playing was Leona. And again, I like Leona as a character, like design-wise and stuff, although I like the classic costume better, so shout-outs to them making that DLC. But, um, like, I've never been able to figure out her game plan super well, and right now it just feels like do that little hoppy kick a bunch of times.
1: (laughs) She's got this very fast overhead, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I don't know, dude. I thought that she was really strong. She seemed yeah. really good. Again, I, my, what do I know? Like, I'm not an expert. Don't take my <laughs> word for it. But from my novice perspective, she seemed really, really strong with a ton of different options and the ability to control space, the ability to pressure well, the ability to like follow up on something that you can right. set up. Uh, she seemed like she had she had a DP, well, right. whatever, flash kick. Yeah. Like she's just got like a lot of yeah. Good seeming options, in my and view. Changing
0: jump trajectory is always going to be the most always powerful good. tool in a 2D in a game good. like that. So the fact that she has that is really valuable. And, you know, I, look, people make the joke, but I'm going to be absolutely 100% serious about this. It is actually a very smart decision, in my opinion, for K to make Terry really fun and really strong. To Mm. potentially appeal to the Smash players who might be like, hey, let's try this fighting game. I know Terry, so let me try him out. You know, I mean, honestly, what's that? Are people really going to do that? Do you think? Look, I know a lot of people when they went to Tekken 7 to try it out and they started with Akuma, right? You know, that's true. I do know people like, yeah. you do that to ease in people transitioning so you know we all joke about Terry from Smash but you know Akuma from Tekken 7 was kind of like the same thing Geese from Tekken 7 and i think that's yeah. a really powerful tool you know to to put in the game so
1: <laughs> that's cool yeah i i think i think that's okay people are saying in the chat that they do know folks who are in fact doing that <laughs> cool that's awesome then there you go yeah
0: Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, again, what Showbiz is saying is no character feels weak from now from the matches that I've watched. Again, this is going to—one of the things about KOF, even though it has so many characters and all that does feel daunting because, I mean, a lot of fighting games you play— and I'm not trying to paint KOF as a simpler game or anything like that, uh, but a lot of fighting games out there, it's got—I mean, it's like— Guilty Gear and Tekken, you need like master's degrees to learn the characters and stuff. King of Fighters is very system based like uh, Mm -hmm. Dandy J just released a video recently please check that out uh, you'll find him on Twitter at Dandy underscore uh, J talking about the KOF zone, which is that box right. in between the two players at head level, you know, the short hop level and how almost the entire game is built around that zone regardless of the character you're using and it's a great video to kind of get you an understanding what the neutral of kof is and yeah the characters are very varied and different but a lot of it is going to be played fighting for that space and it's it it makes it so that jumping between characters and imagining oh i gotta learn three characters it's not as bad so don't let that intimidate you in other words
1: yeah i I really agree with that. I I see people in the chat talking about this. I've seen people on Twitter talking about this. It is it's a there's complexity in the game, I mean obviously, but don't feel like you need to hop in and be doing the world's greatest combos right away. Like, you know, we we played yesterday and The fanciest combo that I did was like hit, hit, activate, hit, hit, special move, special move. It was like not terribly complicated. And we had a very good time and I'm not going to win Evo, but we had a really good time. And it's like day one, right? Like you can eventually learn something more complicated. That's how, that's how it goes. So don't feel like you need to hop in and spend a lot of time becoming really strong at any one particular combo or whatever. It's just pick characters who you think are fun, use them as you use them. You'll eventually learn what's up. That's the way of things, you know. This don't don't way. bite off more than you can easily chew at the beginning. Just have some fun.
0: Yeah, and again, It's got a lot of fun stuff in That's one of the scariest things about KOF. 113 Legacy meme inertia about the difficulties, Mm. you know, content creators trying to do the combos. There's a little bit of inertia of everybody being, oh my God, KOF is so hard. And then KOF has the ability to do some ridiculously long combos. Like you watch Ash combos and you're just like, oh my God, what is happening? A lot of those are super optimized situations with five bars, which only the last character can have, right. you know, etc., etc. And yes, you do have the ability to do stupidly long combos. Are those going to happen in real matches? Most likely not. So don't go into the game thinking that you need to learn these ridiculous combos. You're going to be fine doing special, special into super cancel which can be hard for sure in itself but you don't need to learn these dumb Vanessa Ash juggle combos in the corner that last for 10,000 years you know what I mean like
1: if you happen to get matched up against Chris G's Ash anchor <laughs> <laughs> okay you know maybe it's times are tough but in general that's not going to be the case I just again like, like with all new fighting games that come out don't feel like you need to be the best at execution yeah. or at combos right away just hop in start playing have some fun and eventually you'll get there If you want to.
0: Exactly. But, yeah, overall, just to close out, good game. Good game so far. And uh, from what I've heard so far, some people have had minor issues with netcode. But for the most part, it sounds Mm. like the netcode has been behaving very well. And uh, that's a good one. And we may talk more about that if it gets voted on in the 5-5 matchup. So, anyways.
1: (laughs) Whoa. Let's all go right. ahead
0: and move on.
1: What's on deck for
0: Capcom Cup this weekend?
1: Nothing, because there's no Capcom Cup this year. They canceled uh, it. Damn. But... <laughs> wow. <Yeah>. Wow. <laughs> there is a Capcom <laughs> Pro Tour season final. Very different, totally unique, not at all the same thing. Season final. It, yeah, it's this weekend. It starts on Thursday, then it's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So Thursday is a day that's just going to be uh, a no-neutral five-versus-five exhibition. I don't know exactly what that entails, but I do know that it includes Rob TV and Brian F., who have been doing the no-neutral pre-show for CPT all last season, all the season. Um, And so they're going to be there. Obviously, they both also qualified for Capcom Cup this year, uh, so they're pretty good players. There's also going to be Shine, Chris CCH, Smug, Punk, IDOM, NYC Furby, Nephew, and Just a Kid. So there's a bunch of different players involved and stuff like that. uh, So that's going to be on Thursday. And then the actual matches, the actual season final matches are on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So February 18th, 19th, and 20th this weekend. Guess what, everybody? James and I are going to be doing commentary at the season final. Hey. Did you? Did you? Can, can you? Can you believe it? It's, not, believe a it? it's not a guarantee. It's not, not a guarantee for either of us. Actually, you, you didn't do it last year, and right. I didn't do it the year uh, before that. So yeah. we're finally both back doing the Capcom Cup. We're back. Season final. A
0: dinosaur story. I mean, this goes all with the <laughs> yeah. king of dinosaur jokes, right? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. there you go.
1: Yeah. Uh. So we're there. Huzzah! Uh, look, it, it's not. It's not the Capcom Cup. Okay. So although there are all the players who well, many of the players anyway, who qualified for Capcom Cup, it's not going to be a tournament format on account of it's online. And even if this was the world's greatest online game, you can't have a full tournament across the earth. Like, right. that's just not possible. Sorry, unfortunately. So instead, it's going to be a series of exhibitions, and it's players from same regions who get to play each other Uh, so there is, you know, it starts out with the South Africans, Billy Date versus Jabim, that kind of stuff, and then it goes all the way until the very end, where it's one of the Japan ones is Kawano versus Daigo, for example. So there's going to be a bunch of different um, player matches. Are there any that you are looking forward to in particular?
0: I mean, it's it's a bittersweet thing, right? So, I mean... One of the greatest things about Capcom Cup is that you want to see everybody fighting everybody. And mm. the fact that it's not going to be that is, you know, is I don't want to call it disappointing, but, you know, it is kind of sad for yeah, me. Yeah, no, it's,
1: uh, I, I think it's fair to say disappointing. I think that's reasonable. Yeah. Uh, and, and in fact, you know,
0: you're probably right because, you know what, Capcom would probably be one of the first people to acknowledge that as well, right? Because yeah. I'm sure everybody's wanted to do uh, this kind of thing. Uh, is there anyone in particular that I'm looking forward to? I mean, it's, it's interesting because, like, for example, North America East: Punk versus Idom, right? Of course, yeah. you're excited about that. I mean, I forgot who it was who joked about the North America Midwest. Rob TV and Brian F have to play each other, and they're like, yeah. "I just don't want to see Rob TV wash Brian F again," you know? <laughs> uh, yeah. But but I mean, like Middle East is Big Bird and Angry Bird. I mean, like right these two. I wouldn't be surprised if they're sick of fighting each other at this point in time. You know what I mean? It's, it's just kind of one of those things. To be fair, probably the ones that I'm looking forward to the most are like South Africa, Australia, East Europe slash Russia. You know, because I want to see these guys go up against. I want, like, the point of Capcom Cup is to give these guys more shine, right? And, you know, I know a lot of them are playing earlier on Friday and not on day yeah. two and day three, which is kind of a shame. I would have liked them to intersperse them between the strong matches a little bit more to give them more shine, but I, I get why you do what you do, right? So I get the programming kind of side of things. Uh, but yeah, I would probably say I'd be looking forward to like the South Africa, the the uh, South America West, the East Europe, Russia. I'm probably looking forward a lot to day one because I want to see these players that we actually don't get to see all the time go up against each other.
1: Yeah, I was actually going to bring that up. I remember watching the South Africa CPT, and I did feel like those the top two players in that felt to me like they were world-class players. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know that that's something I could say about every region, to be perfectly honest, but yeah. I looked at those guys, and I felt like they could be in grand finals of, like, NA or Europe <laughs> or whatever, and be, you know, that wouldn't have surprised me because I felt like the level of play was so high. So I felt like, <laughs> I kind of feel like they are being, like, unfortunately undercarded, like, Right. You know, if you're somebody who wants to watch this, I do really recommend checking out the very first match on of the whole of the whole thing. that's going to be on uh, Friday, Friday. Is yeah. South Africa? Is South Africa? Mm-hmm. So check that out. They are honestly super good players, or it seemed to me like that anyway. I guess we'll see how it looks this this next time. Um, other than that, I think maybe no surprise. The ones that I'm looking forward to are like Punk Idom and Kawano Daigo which they've <laughs> saved for the very last. Like of course, that is the that is the very last one. Um, other than that. I really like the four fills versus infectious. Uh, Mm. I think the four fills, this is UK uh, qualified with Falk and he did it like taking down a bunch of really strong players (laughs) in doing so. Like it was not like he got lucky in bracket. Like he had to, he took it on basically everybody in the UK. It was an amazing (laughs) run. (laughs) So uh, I thought that was really cool. And then infectious qualified after that. And uh, of course he is super, super strong as well. And they both are some of my favorite players to watch. So the fact that it's like a matchup that they are going to get to play against each other is something that I'm really looking forward to. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And of course, um, you know, uh, talking about, um, this weird countdown clock that showed up on Capcom's yes. site. Again, look, we don't have any insider information.
2: Yeah, we're, not honestly.
0: Even, we're not even sure when we're... Anyways, yeah, look, I'm just saying... We, uh, we, we
1: literally got the schedule today, and that's on, it's only, like, the general schedule of, like, here's when things begin and end, but, like, not when any of us individually does anything. So, in conclusion, though, no, we don't have any inside info. Uh, you know, whatever. It's, that's how <laughs> that's how events go. It's not like it's that's not a new thing. It's just, right. That's how it is um, No, we don't know what it is. I, and and honestly, this kind of thing has happened before where I have been asked Do you want to know about the announcement mm. that we are gonna make that I have I've been asked that in the past and I say no I right. don't want to know. Yeah. Let me uh-huh. let me find out in person, you know because if I'm if I'm the person who is supposed to react like huge announcement I think many of us think this is Street Fighter 6 they're they're going to announce. Huge announcement. Come back to the desk. And what if I'm just like, oh, okay. Like, I already know. I already know what Street Fighter is. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Thumbs up. That's, as opposed to me being like, whoa, it's so cool. Or like, I definitely don't want to see the trailer. Like, even if I know what it is, I don't want to see what the trailer is. Because I don't want to be fully inert to it. I want to, like, react and have a good time. In general, you know, we've talked about yeah. this many times. I don't want to know stuff in advance. Um I get plenty of that in my, like, actual career. So I'm happy being pleasantly (laughs) surprised. Oh, listen,
0: you! (laughs) I know so many secrets ahead of time that secrets are starting to become uninteresting
1: to me. (laughs) Not even starting. They have been uninteresting for a while. (laughs) Oh, man. No, no, but look, honestly, I mean, what what do you think this countdown is? The countdown ends on Sunday. Dude,
0: right? I mean, like, I don't think... It's going to take a genius. Now, when Capcom put up the post, a lot of people not involved with the fighting game community are like, oh, my God, Devil May Cry, you know, six or whatever games that are coming out. Wasn't it evil news? Right. You know, and obviously there's a lot of potential for stuff. That it ends on Sunday of the weekend of Capcom Cup. I I don't know, like to me, I think it's pretty clear <laughs> what's yeah. happening here, you know, with them releasing Luke and being like, Luke is really important to the Street Fighter 6, you know, story or whatever, you know, I, I think that they're planting the seeds and I think it's all getting ready to go. And I'm excited about it because I just I, I really want to know the kind of direction they're taking with Street Fighter 6. Now, Even if they do announce it, it'll probably be, graphic, graphic, boom, explosion, blah, the end, and that's it. Who knows? Maybe Nakayama and Matsumoto might actually try to give a little bit more details, but, you know, if it is a Street Fighter VI announcement, I won't be expecting anything too crazy, because I'm sure they just want to whet people's appetites, you know, kind of a thing, so...
1: Yeah, I wouldn't expect too much concrete info. I wouldn't expect gameplay footage.
0: Dude, what if they actually had at the Capcom Cup and they're like, here's an announcement. Trailer, Capcom. And then it's the next Resident Evil. It's like Resident Evil
1: 9. <laughs> Honestly, it's so funny. It would be so funny. If that happened, again, like if I'm if I'm the person who's it comes back to afterward, like I'm the commentator or the host or whatever, and I... It comes back to me. I would just be cracking up. I just would be funny. Dude, I too would just funny. picture
0: you going, funny. genius, <laughs>
1: yeah, <for sure>. genius. <laughs> what a bunch of geniuses!
0: That would be so great. <laughs> oh, dude, this would actually. Oh, uh, uh, if they did this, I would be sad to ruin this. But like, if they did this, this would be the perfect time to make a joke, Alex trailer. Like, if if Street Fighter wow. Six is wow. actually the announcement, this is the perfect time to make a joke, Alex trailer. I think would be amazing. What if, what
1: if he's in Street Fighter Six, and that's so they announced <laughs> Alex as Street Fighter Six. Anyway, uh, before yeah, they we show start Street
0: Fighter this, Five footage, and he's just doing, it and all of a sudden it just goes like, and it's like Street Fighter Six. That would be genius.
1: That would. Be, would good, be great. So. Can you please put up the Arby's thing before we move on to the next topic?
0: I I will not tolerate Arby's
1: slander on my stream. What do you Who says, says I'm going to slander Arby's? I am just so excited that look at this look at this. Oh, first of all, it's so funny the way that they edited this and he's just palming the sandwich like he's just holding the top <laughs> of the sandwich. <laughs> like he's about to dunk it, you know he's gonna he's just about to shoot this basketball He's
0: not hold he is not look. <laughs> He is not just holding a sandwich. He is holding the beef and cheddar, okay, which uh-huh. is a delicious sandwich. And the okay. sauce on the beef and cheddar is amazing, okay?
1: And yeah, I, is it glue? I mean, because how's that thing stand together?
0: <laughs> <laughs> also, I want to tell you how, he, how they said meaties are going to have a whole new meaning. I want yeah. to uh, thank them for using my joke Way back a long time ago, when Arby was killing people with Yurian at the yes. South by Southwest Invitational, and I said Arby has the meaties. I just yes. want to say, there you go. I, 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 right. I, I thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. So you're
2: right.
1: You're <laughs> right. So if you have a stupid joke that you think I would find funny and would like to tell about Arby's, please let me know in in tweets, in the YouTube comments, in the chats, because. I want, I I don't know how this is going to go. I mean, it could be totally the case that I don't have a chance to actually like plug Arby's. I don't know, maybe. But if I do have that chance, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it in the stupidest, weirdest way that I can think of. I'm I'm just saying,
0: as an official commentator for Capcom Cup, you know, I think that in order for me to properly give my honest discourse about the products. This coming weekend, I should get free RVs for the rest of the year or life, depending on, you know, what you can of you know, I mean, I'm just one man, right? How much yeah. is that going to cost free RVs for cost? life, right? It can't be that much. $10? <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you. I love Arby's, and like yeah, me and Olaf, do. actually go get Arby's all the time. There's the, the let's put it this way: the closest one to us is like a fifteen minute to twenty minute drive, and we will go and get Arby's.
1: Yeah, you're, t- you're driving past all sorts of other fast food restaurants and regular restaurants to go there. Exactly. Also, all and- sorts of them.
0: And I, like, every time I go there, I never know if I want to get the curly fries with the side of cheddar cup, which is just delicious, or just get the mozzarella sticks with my regular roast beef giant sandwich, or sometimes I like their chicken sandwiches, the chicken cordon bleu, it's not on the menu, but it's absolutely delicious. Uh, The regular chicken sandwich is amazing. Like I said, the beef and cheddars is amazing. Regular roast beef is great just because you can put some horsey sauce on there. And actually, if you mix the horsey and the Arby sauce together, it's actually pretty good. Recently, I've been requesting the barbecue sauce and the horsey sauce and mixing those together. And it is absolutely delicious. This is not an ad. This is absolutely
1: (laughs) This is actual James. Yeah, we, we've even w- way before this, James and I have talked about how much he likes Arby's. This is yes. like a topic of conversation going back many years. Oh, also, did man. you say that they sell cheese in cups? You can buy a cup of cheese. The cheddar,
0: <laughs> yes, the cheddar that goes on the beef and cheddar, they will pour in a little cup for you, and then that's when you dip your curly fries into that. And it is absolutely absolute just deliciousness it is oh there's sliders oh my god although they recently discontinued the pizza sliders which is really disappointing because i was only just recently introduced to them by mike uh by olaf and uh i was like these are great and now they're not there anymore but they still have chicken sliders roast beef sliders etc etc so
1: as somebody who doesn't eat meat very often like i'm not vegetarian but i don't eat meat very often I feel like Arby's, like, one sandwich would be my monthly amount of meat. Like, honestly, I mean, it's about that's the That's why they
0: were called – that's why their slogan was we've got the meats at some point in time, right? I mean, they literally had one sandwich one time that was a chicken patty with the roast beef, with ham, yeah. with, like, all yeah. this stuff on there. They also had – a long time ago when I was in high school and me and my friends will always make the joke. They had a sandwich. I don't even remember what was in it, but it was called the Big Montana. <laughs> it was the Big Montana. And I still to this day do not remember what was in it, but like...
1: It's beef for sure.
0: Yeah, me and our my friends, would, I mean the same friends that were here last week, we would always joke about giving people the Big Montana. <laughs> it's just like it sounded so wrong.
1: Well, please tell, uh, please say that on commentary. Please talk about giving somebody the big Montana <laughs> on commentary.
2: Yo, that's the kind
0: of thing I'm talking the, about. Like, you see the damage did, good, he did? He him the big Montana. <laughs>
1: 100%. 100%. Yeah, yeah, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. I want to do that kind of stuff this weekend for commentary. All right. All right. Enough. Uh, Let's God. uh move on to the next topic. <laughs>
0: oh god arby's this is so great
1: we'll be talking about it <laughs> it's gonna be fun
0: so i'm gonna clip that and i'm gonna tag uh, arby's in there just so they know how dedicated i am
2: mm-hmm.
1: so
0: why i deserve the uh like free life i will tweet every time i eat at arby's if they give me free arby's for life dude 100 percent, 100 influencer
1: in Meanwhile, I'm just gonna be reading off Nihilist Arby's tweets while on commentary. That's <laughs> <so>. like, <laughs> anyway.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Combo Breaker 2022. How about that? It was announced today, this morning. In fact, Combo Breaker 2022 is back. It will be on the weekend of May 27th through 29th in Schaumburg, Illinois, which is just a little bit outside of Chicago pretty close to where O'Hare is the main airport there one of the main airports there
0: sorry i'm so totally thinking about this <laughs> <Help> Ar- <you. laughs> this arby's thing is just like I you, you know talking about like jokes that you can make during commentary they have yeah. the horsey sauce and i still remember my dad like cracking himself up because he kept calling it the horse shit sauce you know Ooh, and he was geez. cracking so like on commentary if someone gets hit by something that's total bs we could be like yo that's some horsey sauce
1: dude <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, Anyways, that's what we're going to be doing. Continue. Absolutely. Continue. <clears throat> the Combo Breaker was announced, as I was saying. Again, this is in Schomburg, Illinois. Registrations open on Smash GG. All right, there's the basic info. Did you see the trailer? They had a song for it that was Dude. super sick. The trailer itself looked really good. What'd you think?
0: As a person who has made trailers in the past, I watched that trailer and I was just like, God damn, this is good. Like the effects that they did, where they would color only one person or highlight them, and then turn the background into like comic book for like half a second, and you know the 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 weird. I don't know how that. Like I want to know what the tech is, but like they had that like line going down the middle, and the bottom isn't synced in with the top and stuff. Like, is it zoomed in? Is it ahead in timeline? Or like like there's just all these like comp like like these editing questions that jump mm-hmm. in my head. And seriously, like, that trailer was, like, kisses fingertips. I mean, it, that if you want a trailer that gives you hype for a good event, that is the trailer to do it, honestly. Yeah.
1: Very, very nicely done. I liked it a lot. Um, again, May 27th through 29th. So, you can register now. And you know what? People have. People have registered now, <laughs> and already we know that the hotel was sold out. It was sold out in like a couple hours, right? Extremely fast. Also, they already hit twenty percent of the attendee cap, which is six thousand people, in like three hours. I don't know. That was again. That that was this morning. It's I don't know half a dozen hours since then. In the meantime, what's happened? I don't know. I bet a ton of more people have registered already. T- just today, dude. And I, I really if you, hope if you look at um, Curly W's tweets online curly w works uh with combo breaker and other events too doing bracket type stuff um what she said was that there are well implied i guess if you kind of like read into the tweets probably meaning already 500 plus people have signed up for strive already 500 plus people (laughs) signed up for strive so pretty Uh, incredible
0: you know i just really really hope the hotel was like Yo, know, these guys are trying to hit us up for a video game tournament. <laughs> video games, whatever. And then this morning happens, and they're like, "Oh crap!"
1: <laughs> you know, like man, I feel like everybody <laughs> in that region must know Combo Breaker. Yeah, think? Like, It's that's true. been around for a while, it's and, true. and even before it's it true. went out to the Pheasant Run, it was in that area, not in that mm-hmm. same hotel, mm-hmm. but like it was in the general around O'Hare region. Um, so I, I feel like people probably know about it. Yeah. And and as far as the cap, six thousand people. It's, I mean, I imagine COVID-related, like it can't be quite as as crowded as otherwise, and whatever. So six thousand people—that is still a tremendous amount of people. And for there to already have hit twenty percent of the attendee cap in literally three hours is incredible. So yeah, big hats off to everybody at Combo Breaker for having run such a great event for so long that when it comes back, this is the response super cool
0: yeah i've i've joked before in the past that if rick moved the 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 tournament to mars most of us would just get the one-way ticket to mars and just be done with it you know (laughs) at that point i would love Um, to go to mars but yes yeah uh i mean i think you would probably want to go to mars on a one-way ticket just because you could go to Mars, right? So I would prefer the two-way. Okay, yeah, okay, fair I would fair love enough. to go to Mars. Yeah. No, I'm just saying because the only reason why I say one-way is because I don't think there's enough time in a human life right now to make it there and back, ah, right? Know, so you we could do that. <laughs> but regardless, um, yeah, look, it's one of the best tournaments, if not the best tournament that... You know, all, everybody who goes to loves, enjoys great theming, great... Uh, just Rick cares, again, about the, the people, the community. He does really, really hard work with people. You know, it's one of the reasons why I've been so excited about him getting in charge of Evo. You yeah. know, as long as Rick is involved with it, I have the utmost confidence in the event, right? And Combo Breaker has been, you know... Anything, nothing short of just like the greatest experience for consistently for the past few years. And so uh, there's no shock. I mean, you know, talking about 2000 people registering in three hours is incredible. It is. I'm shocked it didn't sell out all 6000 in like three hours. Like that's the kind of, you know, craziness and, and, and quality you can expect from the event. So,
1: yeah, it will sell out, I'm sure. The, the as I said this on Twitter, the limitation for number of attendees at that event is not on the demand side. It's just on the supply side. And you can't have you know an infinitely big event, like there's some maximum that you could have, and in this time, that maximum is probably you know smaller than would be preferable, I would imagine. Um, but that's that's where the limitation is. whatever the whatever the uh, attendee cap is, if it was six thousand, if it was ten thousand, whatever, it would sell out i really i really think that i think that it would it would sell out regardless because it's an event that i'm going to go to for sure i am going to enter i'm going to play i hope to commentate as well but I, at least i'm going to be there for playing and and hanging out and i imagine a ton of other people will so yeah. uh very very excited for it
0: yeah i mean i'm hoping you know obviously again knock on wood all of us have been doing this for the past two years like Per, oh, things seem like they're on the, you know, getting better now at this point in time. So, oh gosh, you know, yeah. Corey, I haven't played in a tournament in in years. I, I mean, I di- I have for the SD-specific stuff, but uh, I mean, like, even at Frosty, mm-hmm. I didn't have a... Uh, a st- I, I, although... The previous Frosties that I went to, not this year, obviously, because I missed this year's Frosty, but the previous Frosties, I think it was the one even before that one, that Mm. Elven Shadow actually scheduled me for ST Hour with James Chen, where he basically scheduled me to sit down and play ST with all the ST players there. Just to make sure that I played games and had a good time.
2: <laughs> That's awesome.
0: And it was great. It was great. You know, outside of like, you know, the top two players or anything like that, I was botting everybody, you know, so probably yeah, could have taken surprise. the tournament, you know. I just like, maybe.
2: Pff. No, no, just kidding.
1: <laughs> yeah, look, talk about this a little bit. So, as far as COVID restrictions go, they are requiring proof of vaccination and also masking. So, there are mm-hmm. restrictions. And that's great. I'm very excited about that.
0: Are they going to be setting up the on-site testing as well, like Frosty's? Not
1: that I have read. Okay. No. Okay. No.
0: And again, no. as, as we got the word from Elvin Shadow on the interview that we had with him, it is something that you, it's not like you could just hire. It's like you need to have the city helping out or something like that.
1: Yeah, right? they had the county helping out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: So it's not just yeah. like, hey, you guys come here and set this up kind of thing. <laughs> no, so. yeah yeah but, but look
1: mean, all, all, all things considered uh i'm i'm happy with that that they're requiring vaccinations i'm not surprised that was my expectation and i'm i'm happy that they are doing that uh that's great you know the people who are going to be self-selecting to attend that tournament with those kinds of regulations they're going to be people as with frosties who are taking it seriously you know yeah. people who are not taking it seriously are weeded out by that and Boy, I saw a couple of takes on Twitter <laughs> that were that were about, you know, how uh, uh, you're, you're keeping these people out as if that's, well, keeping us out, right? Right. The person uh, who's saying it is I'm going to fight back by not going. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what we want, to be perfectly clear. Like, that is not a downside. That is the point of the policy. <laughs> Please don't go if you're not taking... This kind of stuff, seriously.
0: Look, I'm, I'm not... You've got three Roll months, up, people. You've got three months. Get your shit together, America, so that we can attend this tournament and feel safe, okay? None of this crap about anti-vaxxing. Just get vaccinated you are vaccinated as a baby for measles you are vaccinated as a baby for mumps you are vaccinated for a bunch of stuff schools don't let you in unless you're vaccinated for those things we've been doing this for decades now literally decades upon decades we've been doing this now this is nothing crazy okay it is a this is part of society you do things to make it so that we can all live safely and comfortably when it's good for you. Okay.
1: I'm fully on board with that and I'm glad that Combo Breaker is too. I'm very much looking forward to it, like I said. So that's gonna be May 27th to 29th. Again, registration's open. I guess the hotel's already sold out, so good luck, but apparently there are other hotels in the area, ones that are close by, so it's not going to be like you can't get anything. I save rooms
0: for potential commentators. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I also hope that, but we'll find out, I guess. <laughs> uh, I right. assume that they have a whole, you know, commentary application process that we'll probably yeah, have to go through for as per sure, sure. usual, uh, but that's how it should be, so. Cool. Alright. Anything else to say about this? Uh, no, uh, except
0: uh, even if you can't make it, make sure you reserve that weekend to watch it because Combo Breaker is also always one of the greatest events. And support the event. Combo Breaker, like, bar none, like, I don't even think there's any debate, also usually has the best merch, uh, Mm. best fashion, uh, best, you know, lots of cool things associated with the brand. So uh, keep an eye out for that as well. So...
1: All right, well, let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to have our guest, Oric, who I see hanging out in the old chat. (laughs) We'll talk about uh, arcade history and preservation and design and all sorts of cool stuff.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Tuesday show. Uh, we are now going to bring on our guest for today, and that is of course Oric, uh, As we have mentioned, you may not ha- uh, be as familiar with him, but he definitely does a lot for the fighting game community. So let's bring him on over here. Hello, Oric.
3: Oh, hey guys! Wow. First of all, <laughs> where are you? Uh, so this is my garage. Yeah. <laughs> what fancy arcade are you? Wait, did you say garage? <laughs> Man, <laughs> you live there? Yeah. You two I, acting like you haven't been here. So. I, I, see, I know, I see <laughs> the. I see
0: the Tetris, the Grandmaster cabinet. I see all the Third Strikes back there. So,
3: yeah. yeah. We got uh, some Dodon Pachi behind me. <laughs>
0: And there's the the, the Gutter Trash uh, Neon sign, the Gutter Trash Arcade Neon sign. No, this is 100% real, K-John. I have been there, I have seen it, it is a garage, and it is beautiful. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's
0: real and they're fabulous. <laughs>
1: spectacular. Uh, spectacular, yeah, you sign, you're right. Sorry, you sorry. Okay. Uh yeah, I mean this is I, I'm I'm happy about this because as I think it's true as James said that there are probably relatively few people who are familiar with you, but you do do a lot for the FGC and for other stuff as well. Um so I wanted to bring you on so that we could talk all about that. Um uh, sure. let's but let's let's start by talking about how you got into the FGC in the first place.
3: So, uh, I, I mean, I, you know, you got oh9ers. i I'm a, I'm a 91-er.
1: <laughs> yeah,
3: okay. uh, I, I, I was playing World Warrior. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I actually, I probably played one of the first Street Fighter II cabs on the West Coast. Uh, and, and I'll tell you just a quick story. We were in Santa Cruz at the, the beach boardwalk and this was 91 and it was for my friend's, I think, his 14th birthday. I want to say close to this time of year, maybe March. Uh, don't hold me to that if, I, if someone looks up the records and decides I'm <laughs> off by a month. <laughs> <laughs> and for his birthday, the two of us went to Santa Cruz with his mom. And she got us our own motel room next to hers. We stayed up all night drinking, wow. you know, a Skittle Brow and watching <laughs> movies on HBO and you know, living it up as a 13, 14-year-old, however old I was. And then we went to the the boardwalk, and she gave us each a $20 bill for the arcade. Dang. And you know, that's the best, right? And we were playing Teen Mutant Ninja Turtles and Final Fight, like all the classic stuff. And then we found the Street Fighter 2 cab. And the reason why I'm pretty confident this was really early is because it was empty. There was no line. Mm. And if you were around back then, you know that like yeah. there was never not Impossible. a lot on the Street Fighter 2 cab, Especially if they only had one, right? They had one cab. And and the best part of the story is some guy was leading a couple people around. He was clearly the manager or something. And he's like, Yeah, we just got this in. I think it's gonna be hot. That's awesome. And you know, like clearly had no fucking idea. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah.
3: I think this one's gonna be a humdinger. <laughs> You know, I mean, we played Karate Champ, right? I mean, if you're an old old schooler, you remember Karate Champ with the dual joysticks, Mm -hmm. and that was probably the first actual one-on-one fighting game. Mm
2: -hmm. Yes.
3: So we found Street Fighter, like it was right up our alley, and we were messing around with it, and we put a few quarters in, we didn't know what we were doing, and I remember very distinctly stepping off to let another kid play who picked Guile, and he knew how to throw a sonic boom. And that was like a a mind-blowing moment right you see that you're how did he do that (laughs) and we got back on later you know you're pressing two buttons at once like nobody understood the concept of a special move so i mean i was i was there at the beginning and we got the the super nintendo port and played that and that was amazing because we didn't have to go to the arcade anymore um i was in san francisco that's where i grew up we used to go to an arcade market and that's where we play Street Fighter. Um, they had those big presentation projection cabs with the pedestal cabs. And we played Street Fighter on that. Uh, I remember one day we went in, they had a Rainbow Edition running. You know, <laughs> Rainbow seven Edition. Seven Sonic booms, changing characters in the air, yeah. all the wild. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was big on fighting games. And then uh, I went to college in 96. So, you know, right kind of in that sort of transition era. And that was sort of the end for me because nobody was playing on campus. Ironically, I was in Santa Cruz. I went to UC Santa Cruz, right where that boardwalk was. I never went down to the boardwalk. That was like where tourists went. We stayed on campus. (laughs) Yep. And, you know, we we talk about the dark ages and I think a lot of people like to be like, oh, it's just because there's no Capcom games. The, the truth is during the, the dark ages, there was no online to speak of. Uh, it was really hard to get hardware. I mean, I remember importing Samoa parts in probably 2004 and you had to do like forum group buys and everyone would pool their money. And one guy oh, yeah. would like import a bunch of stuff and send it out and you'd hope you didn't lose your cash, which happened to me. Like I, mm. I had one group, buy went sour and I lost 45 bucks. And at the time that was a lot of money, no. Yeah. You know, So if if you didn't have friends who played, it was really hard. There there was no such thing as a local. There was no online. I mean, anybody who kind of got in in 2009, I don't think really knows what the Dark Ages meant, right? And if if you had a scene then, that's awesome. But I didn't have a scene. So I fell out of fighting games. Mm -hmm. And I didn't get back in until maybe like around Street Fighter 4 Super. Mm. So kind of kind of late. Wow! I played okay, four for true. a little while until five. Five came out. Um. So, so I, I mean, it was like rediscovering an old love. It was great. Well, so I mean, I. I yeah. Here's,
0: here's a good question. You've got like those are so people don't know that's two sets of Third Strike head-to-head cabinets back there. Yeah. So you yeah. didn't play Third Strike during the arcade boom time. No. You actually no, no, no. got into it after Street Fighter Four brought yeah.
3: you back yeah no i am Dang, not a, okay. a third strike old school player in fact i i think a lot of people get that mixed up because they see my cabs and they think i'm like some kind of street fighter three god i'm a scrub um, <laughs> not not at all i i i was in southern california when family fun was a thing in fact uh you know i saw you both at the the family fun event ralph is yeah. a good friend of mine ralph and i became good friends through pinball mm. because Prior to all the candy cabs, I was a really big pinball collector. This garage used to have a lot more pinball on it. Mm. Uh, I mean, you guys have been here. You know I still have some pins, but yeah. it, it was all pinball. And when I got back into fighting games, I was kind of on the out with pinball for various reasons that are too long of a story to tell here. <laughs> and yeah, I got sucked back in. And when I was introduced to Third Strike, I got hooked. Um, I let, let, let's be clear i don't practice i don't lab uh i <laughs> these days right now i am playing once a week when i host the arcade yeah so when people are here i'm playing third strike and when they're not here these calves basically stay off i mean they're they're here to be shared i i don't come and turn them on by myself for the most part Except
0: right yeah. now for this interview, no, it's-, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's
1: Yeah, it's a killer background. Yeah, the
3: green, it's all green screen. Yeah, right. Don't, right, don't yeah.
0: even say that because I don't want people <laughs> to believe it. Okay, I want them to know that that is a real thing back there. So, I mean, well, this is yeah,
1: part of what I, I wanted to. To talk about, oh, James, you no, no, no. To the, but the up. one
0: thing that I wanted to mention is, you know, like I think people our age are who who, who grew up with the Street yeah. Fighter Two era, and you know how you were saying, like you could not go to an arcade without a giant line. Like my my college, you know, UCLA, the, the the manager told me the only time they had to do two collections a week to take the quarters out of a machine was during Street Fighter II's heyday and stuff. Like I think we're the people that understand why we call it the Dark Ages, because you know what we experienced with Street Fighter Two was just—it's it was transcendent, right?
3: Yeah. I I brought this up the other day. I think I made a tweet about it, and I I got a bunch of blowback from people. Who were like, "Oh, you're just it's just because of Capcom things." You know, anime games are still alive. And I was like, there was no online. And someone's like. Dead or Alive had the best online. I was like, all right, guys, like, <laughs> <laughs> chill. It's not that there weren't fighting games. Of course there were fighting games. And it's not that people weren't playing Capcom games then. They did. Yep. The accessibility just yeah. kind of died. When the arcades were gone, we didn't know where to go. I, I, I think people who came in later don't know what it was like then because it just doesn't occur to them. You couldn't get a fight stick, mm-hmm. right? Yep. I mean, you know, I mean, shout out to Markman, but like before the Mad Cat revival, it was very difficult to get your hands on a stick. That's yeah. why two of mine got stolen at tournaments. I
1: Dang. Mean, like, yeah, literally, it,
3: it, yeah. It, it, That's why know, I started things, building sticks. Yeah. yeah. And yes, they existed. And someone's going to bring up, you know, the Green Goblin or whatever. Like they... Right. There were things out there, but they were hard to get. Uh, There weren't a lot of ports that were accessible to play on. I mean, you want to talk about Third Strike. If you had a Dreamcast or the Green Goblin, like great. You also had a really shitty port of Third Strike. (laughs) There's a reason we don't play Third Strike on Dreamcast. It's it's a bad (laughs) version of the game. Um, There's just a lot I think is taken for granted now. I mean, now we have Fightcade. Um, I'm, I'm here in Torrance. Practically in my backyard is Arcade Shock. When I need parts, I don't have to do a forum group buy. I drive over and say, what's up to Vin? And pick up what I need. And I'm back home like half hour later. I, I don't take that for granted because I remember what it was like to scrounge for that stuff. So, you know, we're, we're incredibly blessed now. I mean, we're we're in an era now of ridiculous plenty. Yes. I mean, how many fighting games have come out? Just in the past couple of years.
0: Yep. I mean, this it's the it's the main reason why anytime anyone asks me what's the golden age of fighting games, my answer is always right now. Like yeah. without question, yeah. right? As great yeah. as it was back then, and as much as I yearn for nostalgia or whatever, oh arcades are so great. Now yeah. is the golden era. Like without question. Like I yeah. will no hesitation.
3: So and You know, clearly the pandemic has thrown a real wrench in the works, but even during the most locked down part, I mean, these calves were all off collecting dust for a year. I mean, I was locked down like everybody else. No one was coming here before vaccines. Uh, Even during that time, it was hard because every weekend, if you were like, wanted to see something, you had to choose. There were so many tournaments being streamed every weekend that like, on a Saturday, you had to fight for your space because there were probably five other, sort of, you know, small events, meaning like, what, three, four hundred people watching. But you have five of those, and like you're competing for space.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, so it, it, even during our darkest period, there was kind of excess.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm I'm curious. You know, part of what I wanted to talk about was uh, arcade history and preserving stuff, which yeah. I know that you've been involved with. Um, yeah what what's what's the what's the reason for that especially considering you know your story of not having been there for um, part of it obviously the beginning sure. but but not not having been there for part of it and considering that you know your view is that today is is such a relative good time like why why preserve the older stuff
3: so you know it's actually really interesting i, I think a lot about what we're going to be like in 10 20 years i mean if I want to play the version of Street Fighter 2 World Warrior that I first tried, it's available. Uh, I can I can go out and probably get a board. I can fire a main. Yeah. You know, I, I haven't looked if it's on Fight Kate. I don't know if they were running on Fight <laughs> but they might be, right? You know, if nothing else, you know, my my game was hyperfighting. So like hyper Fighting's on fight yeah. Like you you can play that. In 20 years, if you want to be like, man let me tell you about Street Fighter five season one. <laughs> right. You know, right. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a Laura player. I want to tell kids what it was like when we had standing media. Kicks. <laughs> 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 right? You're going to be able to share that. Maybe the Capcom was pretty good at the end of Street Fighter four. They, they kind of let us, Pull up the older versions, Edition right? Edition
0: select, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah,
3: is there going to be a, a season select in Street Fighter Five?
2: actually. I don't know. I yeah. mean,
3: like, you know, I think the the game's in a really great place right now. But if you look back at season two, season two is wild, right? Like, if you want to show people what season two Ibuki looked like,
2: mm.
3: <laughs> you know, we're like Marn's, like, I don't even know what side I'm gonna end up on. Right, yeah, right. How do you show people that and the the sad mm. answer is we may not be able to, and I, I think that's something we need to really be thinking about because this preservation is really important there are There are people who's first fighting it with Street Fighter Five, and they're gonna get pretty nostalgic about it in twenty years. I mean, I promise you it's going to happen to you, right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, and you may not be able to unless we're smart now. I mean, I hope – this isn't this isn't my passion. This isn't my fight. But I hope people are archiving stuff. Yeah. You know? Like there are ways to, to save the Steam downloads and all that. So hopefully people are, are keeping track of it because there's going to be a time when it matters. I mean, um, just, just as a little
0: aside, there was yeah. one time that uh, P.R. Rog came to visit uh, in SoCal and he came over – and we were like, fuck it. Let's just bust out vanilla Street Fighter 4. Yeah. And we did it. And we were like, oh my god, this is so fun. And he did headbutt <laughs> with Balrog into super, into ultra. And he's like, look how much damage this
3: did. And we're, yeah. you know, we were just having a good old time. And you're right. A Street Fighter 5 season 1 tournament now, with what people know oh. now, but like <laughs> all the bullshit from season 1, it, Invincible DPs, yeah. right? It, it would be hilarious.
1: Would, yeah, Mika would be wild.
3: Now, Oof. unpatched season one isn't hard because if you've got a disk and you're offline, you can run it. Yeah. But that in between area, you know, really tough. Um, so I think that preservation is really important. I think it's something people need to think about. And what's what's behind me isn't just a museum, these games are here to be played. You know, I host every Thursday and you know, you guys have both been here. You know what it's like. It's very chill. Everyone's just here, running games. I don't run tournaments. There are no brackets. There's no stream. Yeah. I mean, if you've never heard of me because you don't follow me on Twitter, or whatever, it's because I keep it very quiet. Uh, I'm happy to share pictures of the arcade and, and, you know, keep the history stuff alive. But there's no stream here. It's not about sharing. It's about the experience. And the truth is, I think it's important to keep this torch alive. Yeah. Um, we're, we're in a new era. I, I'm an old man. I'm never going to switch to a hitbox. Like the leverless controller thing's not for me. It makes my R's. I feel bad just thinking about it. <laughs> right? And you want to play pad, that's great. And if you go to, to NLBC, those guys have got it hooked up so you can plug your PS4 pad into the cabs. You know, Cruise and Art are amazing. They've got undammed adapters on the cabs. And, and you can play any way you want. You can't do that here. If you can't play stick, like, sorry, kid. And, you know, I don't do that to be a jerk. It's just... <laughs> that
0: was definitely some Han Solo vibes there, right there. <laughs> you don't have... You can't play on joystick? Well, sorry, kid. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, I, I'm working on an exception. So this, this nice, even lighting I have on my face is coming from my Vulix cabs so I have got them pulled up to a white screen nice. and I, I'm, I'm working on an adapter so that people can plug whatever into the Vulixes. Uh I've got a friend who does play hitbox and he comes and he'll he'll play stick for third strike but when he's playing Street Fighter V or something he likes his hitbox and I'm trying to make it so he can plug it in um, I've had a player here who is a beast with makoto in third strike he plays on the cabs and he's terrible i hate playing against him because he's just evil it's an evil makoto player he comes to street fighter 5 he, he says he can't dp on stick i guess he must play makoto without her little Africa. i don't know yeah. I'm just wow, okay, about yeah. so he's like can i plug a, a ps4 pad in and i'm like you were just Bodying all of us on the sticks for like the last (laughs) half hour, like he's like, I can only play Street Fighter Five on pad. Wow, that's so weird. It's and yet it's kind of the new normal. I mean, how many Capcom Cup champions have we had who are pad only? Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, Knuckle Do and Idom just to name two. Yeah, Mena and Man. Yeah, I I think three of the last four. Am I right?
1: I guess. Yeah. 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 Uh
3: Yeah. So you know that's. That's the new thing moving forward. I think it's great. And I also think it's important to preserve this old stuff. Uh, Also, for me, I'm not a purist. I just care about the best experience. And what I have behind me is the best way to play third strike. If there was another way that was as good, I would be delighted because more people could do it. But there isn't
0: you look at automatic right like he's yeah. only playing hitbox on street fighter 5 but then every time he jumps yeah. the third strike he goes back to the joystick right it's it's what he's because he can to. do those stand he can't do
3: a standing 720 on hitbox it's
1: really hard on hitbox <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's definitely easier for me on stick too
3: yeah he's he's got the the, the flame you know mm-hmm,
1: yeah mm-hmm.
3: yeah I, and i think it's important to preserve this stuff i I think going forward, it's important to be open to new stuff. I don't really actually hate leverless controllers; they're just not for me. And I—that's of cool. course, of course. I, I get I get old man about them because it's fun, not because I'm literally gross.
1: It's all good. Them. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm glad you talk about. It. I mean, I remember
0: when Street Fighter the Anniversary Collection came out. And there was right. a, a lot of people that were, like, I was saying I was looking forward to it. They were like, oh, you're crazy. They're not offering enough and everything. But for me, yep. like I said, it was just, it's a museum, right? Like, that's what it was. And when I did my streams and I was, like, showing Guile disappearing and Dalsum disappearing and stuff like that, like, we get to show
3: people that, you know? I, and, I think that's actually a great example. The, the 30th collection was very arcade here they Mm -hmm. changed very very little and most of the changes they made were good um you know they took out the makoto ken bug from third strike yes you know that so uh people reverse engineered that fix so (laughs) for people who don't know if you if you ko makoto in third strike with ken on neutral a neutral throw, throw. Yeah. not a back throw, not a forward throw. You can't be holding a direction because in third strike you get all three. If you KO or on a neutral throw, it hard locks the game. And <laughs> actually, a couple months ago, I did it. I forgot. I wasn't even thinking. <laughs> and I, I locked the game. I went. Fine. That's awesome. So people, it, it got fixed in the 30th anniversary collection, and people reverse engineered that and figured out it was a one byte change. It was a one to a zero or a zero to a one. Wow. And. It's been patched. So behind me, the, the cabs that are closest to me have the fix. The further cabs don't, just because I've been too lazy.
1: Wow. So
3: those are running Darksoft CPS3 boards, or people know what that is. And it's original hardware, but it's got the patch, and we don't get huh. that crash. Wow. Unless you play in the left-hand cabs, and then, then you do have a fix. So the, the 30th collection was very pure, though, in general. And it was interesting to see the reaction because that's not what most people really wanted. What they really wanted was all the cool shit that the alpha ports for the PlayStation had. They wanted the world tour mode and dramatic battle and all the cool stuff, right? And I'm all for that So I mean, it's, it's actually a pity those things aren't more available. But yeah, that collection was very pure. And I think it got a bad rep more than it deserved. The online wasn't amazing, but it was okay. The input lag was just as good as any other port. It was one frame. No other home port has been any better. But yeah, it didn't take. It it wasn't enough. The the museum approach that, was it Digital Eclipse who did that?
0: I think so, yeah. Yeah.
3: I can't remember now. There's one team that does that, one team that does the KOF stuff. I hope I'm not mixing them up. Anyway. It it wasn't good enough. People wanted more, and yeah, it never took off. Hey, you know, there was that rumor recently that they were going to bring back the the Street Fighter three online edition. Really, and people were really hyped. Yeah, people were super that. hyped. Yeah, yeah they they were talking about modern ports of it for some reason. Max was talking about it. I don't I don't remember what started the rumor anymore. Okay, and people were really excited. And the truth is, the online edition version is not that great. Right. I mean it's got a that yun scaling bug. Yeah. And it's like you take what is arguably the best character in the game, some people will say two, (laughs) right? Yeah. And and you give him a buff. Yeah, I (laughs) hear you. Yeah.
0: People people who without a lot of the hardcore Yun experience do not know the pain of fighting uh, top
3: level yuns. But, but I'll tell you why people wanted that version. They wanted it because it had extra colors, because it had trial modes, and all the extra right, stuff. Right, that's right, mm-hmm, trials, mm-hmm. yeah. Right? And and that's what people want. When the 30th thing was first uh, announced, remember, there was going to be no training mode, and people threw right. it. Understandably, understandably, like I'm not saying they shouldn't have. People expect more now than they used to. Yeah.
1: Well, I'm I'm glad that you're doing the preservation stuff that you are. I think that that's really cool. Um, but let's let's move on and and talk about uh, design yeah. and some some of the other stuff that you do uh, sure. for folks in the FGC. I, I, how much how much are you down to talk about like people that you have helped and what you've done for folks? I'm down about
3: wanna... whatever. No, nothing's off the table. Ask. Okay, cool. You, I mean,
1: can you can you give us a list of things that you have done and helped with?
3: Uh no, because I have no idea. I'd have to. Start with
0: this. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I mean, I mean, for example, you've done work with Rick for combo breaker stuff before. You, I think you, right? And you've helped. Like, Automatic is doing the Bad Supers tournament, and you did the layout for that,
3: right? For the, the so, graph. Rick and I are actually a, a funny side effect of the pandemic, is the the way we connected through it and we turned into really good friends through lockdown for some reason it makes and sense to it me. Turn- i can
1: see you guys getting along for sure
3: yeah we get along because we're like two halves of the same coin i mean it's ridiculous how much we have in common i mean yeah. i i probably talk to rick every single day um so yeah i i've helped with some combo breaker stuff here and there i've been talking about evil stuff here and there i don't want to oversell it
1: um, but like but like what kind of stuff i mean i said design but like what is the sure that you are
3: so uh i mean i'll give you an example without giving anything away there's going to be a, a t-shirt coming up with the probably for the drop for for the next combo breaker and uh there was some text stuff on it that needed to be done kind of just right. And the artist he had do the shirt, did a killer job on the illustration and did the text okay. But for kind of perfectionists like Rick and I, <laughs> it wasn't exactly the way it needed to be. And he didn't have time to do it, I said, just give it to me. Um, so, you know, I'm not gonna tell you what the shirt is, but it was one of those things where going in and getting the details perfect, cause we're, we're recreating. We're we're riffing off something that already exists, of course, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so to make sure the details were right, like that's the kind of thing I love doing.
1: Um, can I, Can you tell people what you're what you do as a career? Just maybe this is yeah. a better way to start this. So,
3: I, I'm a graphic designer. Uh, I'm the creative director for a website called Ars Technica. We do like I'm a hyper nerd news. Um, hard to explain exactly what we do because it's really broad. But if it's sort of deep dive geek, we're involved in it. If it's gaming, science, cars, I mean, anything that's sort of like down the rabbit hole for people who push their glasses up, we're involved. (laughs) Uh, And I've been involved with ours on one way or another since 2003. I've been the full-time creative director there since 2008. Um, So I'm a full-time graphic designer. Uh, I, before I was with ours, I was doing a lot of advertising stuff for the game industry. I've had long ties with gaming stuff. Yeah. Um, I am kind of a capital G geek. Um, I man, I know you guys were talking earlier about the gutter trash sign. Like that's something I made. Yeah. Uh, if I, if I move my camera around, there's a bunch of other signs that, yeah. that I've made. That's like a, a side hobby of mine is making these little neon signs. Um. I've done a bunch of random branding stuff for this, that, or the third. I mean, you I'm, name it. Um, I'm
0: gonna throw this hmm? up real quick, just uh, so. Well, actually, I don't have one of those full screen graphics over here on this view. I can actually just uh, throw that in what do you here need? really quick. What you no, doing? I'm just trying to show this. Hey, look at this. What is this? This is the commentator cup. <laughs>
3: uh, oh, yeah, yeah. that's true. Cool. I did the logo for your commentator cup. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you mentioned automatics thing the other day. Yeah. He did a he did a really fun third strike tournament called Bad Supers, where they went through and picked all the worst supers for every third strike character <laughs> that never get used. And if you entered you had to use one of them. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um some are worse than others, it turns out. But like Chun Lee Super Arc 3 is ass. Yep. And it was just hilarious watching people try and use it and like getting jabbed out of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um so, shout out to my man Common Sense from North Carolina who won the tournament with Dudley, who's uh, a character favorite of mine. And obviously, that's where gutter trash right. comes from. Mm-hmm. He used Dudley's Super R2, Rolling Thunder. Mm-hmm. Which isn't even a bad super, right? So... It's not bad, but no yeah. one uses it. No. Yeah, it's I, not
1: as good, but it's not bad.
3: I I am a, a scrubby Dudley player, so let's not over talk how good I am playing with Dudley. But I can play Dudley. I never use Rolling Thunder. Yeah. I didn't know you could move. During the super. And according to all the people that Common Sense was retweeting, nobody knew that. I didn't so, know that. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean you can move it? Okay, so <laughs> I, I don't I don't know exactly how you do it. You either hold the buttons down or you have to hold forward. I, I don't uh-huh. remember the details. If someone in the chat knows, please correct me. But when you activate the super, you can move.
1: Yeah, I think you just and, hold the buttons down. It's like a, yeah. like you go press farther
3: you basically? you you have you can mash forward with it and he was playing i think he was playing a q player and he went for the chip out and the queue was like yeah you're on the other side it's great i don't have to worry about this and he rushed all the way across <laughs> and chip <it> out. <laughs> holy crap oh, okay so anyway i did he he hit me up to ask if i would do the graphic for it which i was happy to do um and it was one of those things where when you have the idea, the rest kind of just does itself. I don't know if you have that James, I don't have the stream up. I can't see what you're showing. Mm-hmm. Um, but bad supers reminded me of bad dudes. And so yes. I did a riff right. off yes. of the old classic arcade, mm-hmm. bad dudes. And I distorted everybody's faces to make them goofy. Yeah. And it was just, it was a really fun time. And, the, the tagline that came out of it, and I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I'm kind of proud of this one, was, it, ninjas have stolen all of the good supers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Are you a bad enough dude?
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm going to throw it up right bad. now. There you go. Here we go.
3: Yeah. And uh, it, if you check my Twitter account, I actually uploaded a PDF of this. If anyone loves this em- enough to want a 20 by 16 poster. There is a high-res version on my Twitter and you can download and send it to Office Depot or wherever you want to get some printed. Cause I printed several, I, I sent one to Automatic in the winner of the tournament. Um, and this is the kind of thing I love doing. I, it was a, on the house, he offered to pay me and I, I don't want his money, I just enjoy doing this stuff. And the, the best thing that came out of it was him texting me late at night when I sent it to him. And he says, I'm in bed, Next to my wife, so like I have to be quiet, but I'm laughing so hard, I'm shaking the bed. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's great.
3: <laughs> and I mean, that's why I do this stuff. Um, I'm trying to think of other example. Oh, I did. Uh, I did the stuff for Say Jam's Footsie's tournament. Uh, mm. He he did he did a tournament for High Fights Footsie game, and I I did all the stream and promo stuff for that. Um, I yeah. Yeah. I'm just happy to, to help out with these sort of things.
0: I mean this is what I mean by secretly helping the FGC. It's not like, hey, I'm helping the FGC. like you're talking about <laughs> Say Jam and like, you know, Rick and I don't know. You've done have you done work with like ECT with LI Joe and stuff, or you
3: know No, uh I've not done anything with ECT. Uh I my my L I Joe story is that uh I I kinda helped him uh, it's on a boat right now. I actually should be getting to port very soon. Uh, Joe's going to have his own no, Astro city right. very soon. Yes. 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 Um, so yeah, that was kind of fun. Joe. I love Joe. Joe's just, He's such a relentlessly positive person. You can't help but want to do nice things. Dude, with I him. say,
0: I say sure. that you, there's no. If you are a human being and you meet Joe and you don't like him, I don't want to be friends with you. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. like that's just a, yeah. you are
3: a miserable human being. Like this is yeah. just... the best. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Sagem I think is a great example of somebody though who I'm happy to do that stuff for. Uh, I'm a mod on his stream and he's just got he's the kind of positive energy that i think we need more i'm always happy to boost that sort of stuff yeah and you know to be clear i do these things because i i like to and because i enjoy it and for me at least it's not a money thing because i've got a great paying job and i can afford to do this stuff as a side hobby because i love to Mm -hmm. um i think you know we're in we're in a transition period where there are people trying to make a living at this stuff and it's hard there's not there's not enough to go around <laughs> right like I, nobody quit your job to make you know event graphics <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> Yeah. or or do many of the other things in the fgc but
3: Oof. i mean you know. yeah james I'm, i don't have to tell you how
2: it's <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: i mean look i'll tell you i'll tell people right now that Oric is also the one person who gets to hear me complain about modern graphics all the time. So like, where are my gradients? Where's my tactile? Like, you know, why does yeah. everything have to be so flat and everything now, you know, so
3: <laughs> that's, we're, we're trending away flat, flat is slowly trending away. It's okay. We're going to really ugly. Yeah. We're going to hideous 3d animated stuff. Instead. Oh, no. so we'll oh, no.
0: okay. <laughs> I don't know all if that's right. what I want. Okay. <laughs> <sighs>
1: All right, man. Well, look, thanks a lot for coming on to talk with us about, you know, what you're doing for people in the scene and Pleasure. everything about the preservation side of it. Um, I feel like I would Dude. like to talk with you about that specifically for like a really long time. Dude, but, we
0: could talk for hours
1: on that preservation
0: yeah. okay. topic. Yeah. You,
1: there's, I mean, there's, there's definitely a lot to be said. I want to know more about like what you've done with uh with ralph uh who if people don't know was one of the guys who ran a few of the biggest arcades in southern california for mm. 40 years i
0: mean you work with uh, noic furby sometimes too right arturo you've helped him with some art, stuff.
3: art art is the homie in fact uh i should see him this week because he's coming out for cpt oh, um right. yeah of course of course in fact, Art, if you're watching, I need you to pick up this fucking TV from my garage. <laughs> <Jeez>. uh, <laughs> How's
1: he going to get down to Torrance? Oh, well, all right. yeah. Well, so,
3: yeah. I mean, look, you guys both know that if you want to talk my ear off, uh, the garage is always open for you. James, you see indeed. this thing here? I know. I, I know. I <laughs> I, I, I i know you know this because he messaged you but i got two grandmasters. i'd like to have a third so right. you know i'm collecting them come on over
1: <laughs> uh by the way my wife wants to come over and meet the two little kittens that you guys yes. adopted from <gasps> the woman right. who she knows the um yeah the kitten lady yeah right. she, she wants we are to meet in them. the
3: orphan kitten club satsuki and may are uh, yep. available for petting come on over
1: yep 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 they're very cute yeah. Yeah. alright dude cool well uh, James always asks a final question although yeah I know but I don't think that here. this
0: one is uh, going to be particularly useful
3: this time so it hit me up because I know what it is and I got an easy answer <laughs> uh, where did you get the handle oric from that is actually my real name for people who don't know that is my government name but I'll give you the origin Okay. that was my maternal grandmother's maiden name oh Interesting. Interesting. So, I have yeah.
1: always wondered what, what the story is yeah. there. It's so, a very unusual. Name. I mean
3: l- l- let's or- put it this Orrick way. Oric is my real name, but that's where it comes
0: from. One of the first times I was talking to Oric, I basically said to him, as I say to everybody else, what's your real name? Because I'd like to I like to refer to people <laughs> as their as their real name. And he's like,
3: uh Oric is my real name. And I was like, What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you have an unusual name, you can go online under your name and it, it just kind of what? pretty sweet yeah, right what, i
1: mean what's the what's the origin of that that last name
3: so it's german uh, it's german. a german last okay. name but it if you're going to combo breaker and you've entered third strike or street fighter file, and you see gutter trash or in your bracket uh i'm i'm not saying i'm coming for you because i'm not really going to practice before then <laughs> but i'm not going to take it easy on you either <laughs> Hey, all right, now, man.
0: at least you know how to do a full screen Rolling Thunder, right? So, there you go. I,
3: <laughs> I, you know what? I'm probably picking Ryu and playing it safe. I'm playing Denjin and uh, then, yeah,
1: <laughs> classic SoCal. I love it.
3: Oh man,
1: all right, man. Thanks a lot for coming on. Appreciate uh,
3: it. To have you guys. have right. a good night, dude. Peace. There
1: we go. All yeah. right, yeah, yeah. Thanks a lot to for coming on. I, I mean, honestly, like, I really could talk with him about the yeah. and have in person about. Uh Arcade and history and preservation and all of that sort of stuff. Just yeah, a lot, a lot he, of interesting I mean, look, stuff to talk about there.
0: Most of the time, when I do visit his garage, and it's like, all right, time to leave. Like I remember the last time I was there, it was time to leave, and like literally everyone left, and then me and Oric just like stood there and talked on his driveway for like another hour, hour and a half, or something like Ooh, man. that. We were just talking, and it's just like. Again, someone, you know, obviously he hasn't been there the whole time. He was talking about the gap and everything like that. But, you know, that need for preservation is so near and dear to my heart, which is why I was so happy about that 30th anniversary collection, you know, and and stuff. And there's just like, it's true. Like these games are so video. I've been saying this to a lot of people. It's like video games are the hardest thing to preserve. And, Mm. you know, my, my, one of my, You know, Best Friends was visiting last week. He works at uh, a company that produces FPGAs. And FPGAs are the current trend of preserving uh, video games because FPGAs allow you to emulate hardware not emulate the software. So if you emulate the hardware, then when you actually put the game on there, and actually I should mention that to Auric that my friend works at Xilinx actually. So like uh, FPGAs let you mimic the hardware so you will get the absolute most accurate emulated version of that game possible it's like re- yeah mist arcade is mr cade right now is the is the big one right now is 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 where a lot of people are doing it so
1: cool yeah. all right cool well let's move on sure to five five matchup
0: yep so now we'll talk- we
1: have an ultra chen one that we have proposed that we're just going to be like all right we'll talk about cool should developers get good at their own video games this was brought up by a developer at Riot. His name is Mort and he has been the game design director for Team Fight Tactics, a video game that I haven't played, but I know exists and is very popular. And he talked about how he wanted to get to its highest rank and how how much time that took. It was basically a second job. He was talking about 25, 30 hours a week on addition, you know to obviously working full time uh, at Riot. And he talked about how, you know, what that, you know, sort of why, in his view, you shouldn't ask game developers to become very, very strong at their games. Basically, time commitment, um, uh, the fact that they need to understand the game from multiple points of view, uh, the fact that the, you know, they have to spend a lot of time... Uh, designing other things and improvements and sort of understanding more about the game maybe that's not something that they need to know to be the best but maybe that is something that's that's separate so just think the question is sh- do you think that game developers should be super good at their own video games <laughs> no
0: <laughs> no <laughs> no uh do should they be good Enough to play? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's just going to happen. If you're a developer on a game, you will play your own game a million times. But the tricky part about it is, as a developer for a game, you also have to kind of look at the game from a different perspective. I still remember uh, when you know God of War game combat designer Mr. Derek Daniels was living with me for a while. Um, <clears throat> I was playing God of War. And he was in his room downstairs with his girlfriend, now wife. And, like, they both come upstairs. And Derek's like, can I see the thing real quick? And I'm like, okay, hands a controller. And he starts, like, attacking the wall. And it's, like, not doing anything. And he's like, see how... Because she, his his girlfriend, now wife, is also a game developer. And yeah. so he's sitting there like, see how the sparks react to the wall. And, like, see how this thing here. And we had to make sure to do this, all this, and other stuff. And, and I'm just sitting there. I'm like... Can I play the game? (laughs) But, I mean, honestly, as a developer, you have to look at it from very different perspectives. Now, if you are a combat designer like Derek was, yeah, of course you want to be good at your own game. But even then, he would tell me stories of how they had to make sure every boss in God of War could be beaten with square, 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 square. Square, right. square 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 like the there's just so many different ways you have to approach the game that if you obfuscate yourself as like if you're designing a fighting game and you're only looking at it from that highest level point of view you end up with bad fighting games i mean honestly you do right i mean i was just talking about you know terry punching things and making it feel good and stuff like that these are things that are important too. Uh, and then that is what what is important is if you have access to people who can be really good at your game Right, like at right. double he, uh, not double at Iron Galaxy, like Mighty Mar, who is like the greatest and accurate player in Vampire Savior right now, and like the the stories that of that I've heard of how he plays fighting games with like he uses two pads at the same time, like Sakurai and can like fight himself. He'll play at the highest speeds on like those versions where you could up the speed just so the game feels slow when he's normally playing it and all the like he I heard he's like one of the ultimate testers. Having someone like that is valuable. As a developer, I don't think you need to do that yourself. That's kind of how my take is at that. So, uh, what's what's your take on the topic?
1: Well, just to be maybe a little bit more um, explanatory, yeah. This this was prompted in part. I talked about Mort. His decision to get really good at TFT was basically because people were like the developers are terrible at balancing this game cuz they're not even good right so like it's that kind of <laughs> he wanted to in part prove that like that's not actually like related super well um but yeah that is that is the genesis of partly of his decision uh yeah i mean i think that i that i largely agree i think that there are multiple obviously there's multiple roles in game development so does the does the lead dev need to be the best in the world i no i mean obviously not right Uh, Of course, you need to have people who are really good at the game. I mean, I can recall times when some folks I know in fighting game development, including people who work uh, at some of the the biggest developers, uh, have told me stories where uh, game balance decisions get made in part because the developers aren't good at their games. And they lose to somebody who's in the dev team uh, (laughs) who is super good at games and thereby make the decision that it's not that they're not good, it's that the character that they just lost to, used by this super good player, is actually too good, and so you have to nerf DJ.
0: <laughs> wow, you just went there, dude!
1: Uh, stuff like that, like, <laughs> you know. You, I was you, laughing because I knew what you were talking I about. I you knew but what I, I was, was, about, was yeah. I, yeah, okay, anyways... <laughs> So I do, I do know several stories that are like that, and that's not the only one, and that's not the only, only developer where that kind of thing exists. So you have to have people who know what's, what's up in a way that, that, is, that is real, and that, that requires a lot of game knowledge, of, of, of strategic knowledge, for sure. Um, at the same time, like especially nowadays, and for some of the developers anyway, they have insight into uh, what is really effective in the game. Um, that's one of the things that that this guy talked about in his article was like, look, I know what's effective and what is winning because I can just like pull up the stats and like find out which are the most effective like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. combos and whatever that's going on in TFT. I don't know, uh, you know, he can he can just look that stuff up. Like there it is, and there are some fighting game devs who have that kind of stuff too that they could just be like, what character is the best? Oh, this character is the best. Okay, like that is they just know that because that's what the results are, um, and and so there you don't need to be the best player to be aware of the fact that yeah. one thing is extremely effective strategically but that said there needs to be people on the team who are capable of um of 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 being knowledgeable enough and effective enough themselves to like suss out some of yeah, the details yeah. and certainly all of the major fighting game devs have people who are like that there are people uh in in all of them that i can think of that uh have people who have previously been some of the best tournament players uh, in the world in at least a couple of different games.
0: Right. Uh, so I there mean, there
1: is that kind of expertise. I mean
0: even in Street Fighter 5, right? I mean Woshige obviously one of the yeah. top players out there. Really a stand-up guy by the way. Um but you know uh, he's also very good at fighting games as well. So um but yeah, I mean like sometimes I feel like <laughs> sometimes I feel like, you know, you definitely have to be pretty decent. Uh, uh, you have to be a decent player at your games and stuff like that. And, and you know, there's just... Uh, look, there's just no explanation why they would make that new chun card in Tepin the way they did unless they wanted something to be broken. Please nerf chun Please nerf Chun-Li. Please, wow. please nerf
1: chun developers don't know how to balance their own game. God!
0: Oh! God, I don't, there's no way you could have designed that car without knowing how broken that, anyways, okay, let's. uh.
1: Well, look, I mean, sometimes uh, game game development, I mean, I'm not a developer, but I have talked with people who are. And game development is not always about having the most balanced situation. It's, it can be about having fun things. It can be about having characters that you got to make good well this x character mm-hmm. has to be good everybody sorry like figure it out Akuma, and, and other zero. Characters. <laughs> i mean like really like i've had conversations with devs who are like yeah we had to make this character good like that uh-huh. was obviously yeah right. um and 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 uh, and other situations where it's not it's not a mandate but like the person who gets to design x character is like really good at designing characters and well, the person I mean- who gets to design somebody else is like not as good like I mean, that, is, I heard, you know, that kind of stuff exists
0: i heard the person who was in charge of designing dante and virgil in marvel versus capcom 3 is just like the biggest devil may cry fan right i remember so, hearing that as well yeah. yeah so he just basically went crazy with those characters yeah
1: anyway yeah you don't need to be the best you should have people on the team who are very good, but it's that's why you have a team, right? It's a, a game. Game development is a very uh, team-intensive process, and that's obviously yeah. part of why.
0: <laughs> I mean, game develop- designers have to consider a lot of things, accessibility and stuff like that, which is oh, why sure. it shocks me that there was nobody at Mercury Steam that had OCD and they could design the Metroid Dread map the way they did.
1: <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah. I
0: cannot, like. <laughs> was just unfathomable to me anyways let's stop. yeah
1: look sometimes game devs make the wrong calls i mean they're just humans who are trying to do a job and they're not gonna be 100 percent, of course it's like anything else or sometimes you don't get things right you know <laughs> anyway right. good job to everybody i mean i i felt like f- five six years ago i would have said i think a lot of fighting game maybe a little longer than that half a dozen or more years ago i would have said i think a lot of fighting game devs don't really know what they're doing and uh, I didn't, didn't think that there was a lot of, like, great balancing being, d- being done. <laughs> but nowadays, I think almost all the fighting games that I at least follow personally, I think, are doing a great job on that front. So hats and, and, and off to everybody.
0: And they're really listening to the people and stuff like that, which is why I keep bringing up that story of, of Oda, you know, who, who does King of Fighters. You know, when he brought in the players at Tokyo Game Show and they were talking about it and he was like, yeah, King of Fighters 14 devolved into light, 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 max, cancel, do this, blah, 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 and we wanted to make sure that didn't happen again. Mm. And it's like, it's good to hear developers kind of talk about that and admit that kind of thing. You know sure. what I mean? Like, I agree. It's it's very rare, and especially from Japanese devs. Again, like, I expect Keats to be like, we're changing this because we thought this, da-da-da-da. And, and he was one of the first people to really kind of give real, dedicated, like, lengthy patch notes on things. But, like, Japanese devs, like, Capcom wouldn't ever show anyone hitboxes because they don't want anyone stealing their... I mean, it's just like, dude, everybody does it now. It's like, no one's stealing anything, dude. Trust me, so...
1: So. All right, let's move on to the part where the viewers get to pick what we discuss mm-hmm. We got a long list this week. Oh boy. We have two questions number one With the topic of fighting games are much more simple now coming back again. What fighting game or Fighting games from the past. Do you believe would be more appreciated now than when they were released and number two Strive was a pretty impactful game in no small part due to the fact that it had great netcode. Do you think King of Fighters fifteen having great netcode will have as big of an impact for the KOF franchise?
0: Mm -hmm. So uh, those are the two ones that we had. I have the poll up right now. You can type in exclamation mark one or exclamation mark two. And if you are subbed, you could vote twice. Ooh. There you go. Oops. I Damn. thought I advanced the bar on left, but you are correct. I have not. Well, I don't advance it yet because I want to see what wins, and then I can put it into the question Ooh. thingamajiggy. So,
1: what do we got here? What do we got here? I Please mean, to it's... vote. Send them in. Send them in. Make it happen, everybody. What do you want us to discuss? One of these questions is winning pretty handily right now, but let's see. It's, it it's still shifting. Time. It's shifting. Still early times. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And remember, if you are a sub, you can vote twice. So I see you Ernesto, I see you El Zilcho, you guys can all, tiny text, you can definitely sub twice.
1: <laughs> if they sub twice, you'll get
0: four I'm votes. sorry, you can vote twice. <laughs> yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Oh, you missed questions. Oh, yeah, we should still have the questions up while they're voting.
0: Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I usually do, and I messed you do up usually that do. time. Uh, where is my UI device here? Here we go. Boom 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 there we go. boom 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 i'll show you how to show some questions and do it quickly
1: there you go anyway all right what do we got here what are we are we about uh, done with this you guys are running out of time here
0: uh, yeah it looks like number one is the one that's going to be the go-to here so let's okay. just do that one so Doo-doo-doo, where did my ui go here it is again back over here uncheck this come over here paste into the thing click this and save there we go hey wow. all right
1: 62 of the vote ultimately that wow. question
0: is so long that i still couldn't even fit it in here with smaller text
1: with the topic of fighting games that are much more simple now coming back again what fighting game or fighting games from the past do you believe would be more appreciated now than when it was released
0: Boom! There you go. Nailed okay. it. All
1: there right, what do you go. got?
0: Uh, I mean, it's kind of a um a weird one. I would imagine, like, cause the thing about it is, you know, we kind of talked about this. Fighting games back then were bad. Like, dang. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not as much of a as a nostalgia old man head that I that I am. A lot of fighting games back then were super unbalanced, you know? They're they're really not great. Um, I'm also not exactly sure where this question is coming from. Is he saying that, like, we would appreciate the more complex stuff back then now? Or, you know, or... I'm not sure exactly where they're coming from, but I mean, for me, again, biased a little bit because I've been inundated with this. It's his favorite game, Uh, but Olaf tells me about KOF 11 all the time, and I really feel like KOF 11 is a game that would be absolutely... Like, that's a game that needs a rebirth, because it was the main... Marvel esque King of Fighters games, which was the active tagging that you could jump in and out and do all sorts of. And I've seen footage and I've, you know, Olaf has played it for me in a little bit and everything like that. That game is like, it has that MVC2 like level of jank. Like, this is like, how is this even acceptable in a fighting game? (laughs) Uh, The other one that I saw someone mention in the chat that's also a good answer is just the VF series. I think if the VF series were like, if if we had the resources we had today back then like vf would probably be a lot more popular in the states as well but it's just it's one of those games that's hard to learn by yourself it it really is a very difficult game to learn by yourself because there's a lot of concepts a very lot of high level stuff in there too uh, that just made it harder to play but with training modes and 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 all this information out there. VF5 is having trouble right now because the netcode is still delay-based netcode. And on top of that, there's just so many goddamn good fighting games right now that, you know, how do we even choose what to play anymore these days?
1: So I guess my take on this is that I... If 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 what this is saying is like which complex game from the past would be more appreciated now because we're used to simple games now because mm-hmm, that's what's coming out. I just don't see I continue to not see evidence for the idea that fighting games are simple nowadays, at least yeah. in a in a significantly more uh, intentionally simple way than fighting games from the past fighting games in the past had a lot of complexity but also there were fighting games in the past that were very simple and you find the same kind of gamut now maybe there's more there are some more extremes that are intentionally done like um fantasy strike is like intentionally simpler right right? like dive kick is like as intent like there are some that are intentionally on the simpler end which is great like i like i want to have that extra variety um but there are you know that maybe aside. I feel like the it just runs the same gamut that it always has, Or like, some <laughs> games are complicated, and some games are simpler, and cool. I think that that's really great. Uh, but it, it always makes me laugh that there are, oftentimes different people, but, like, in the FGC, maybe just gaming generally, there's like kind of competing narratives of, like, man, right. games today are too simple, they're making games that are too easy that, oh, that babies can play, and also, man, games today... Let you have such easy comeback mechanics with these complicated V trigger systems that like you have to spend so much time to get good at and then that just (laughs) overwhelms my footsies and my neutral and, you know, that kind of that kind of argument. Again, oftentimes, those are not from the same people. Sometimes they are. And that's really (laughs) silly. Well, oftentimes they're different it's just it's just funny to me that the same games can sustain both of those critiques because the reality is that neither one is actually true like the reality is somewhere in between and people want to have the the you know this one is more complex this one is simpler for whatever reason you're not good at it you don't like it whatever it is um Look,
0: you know I'm just i just have to say this man With what the discourse that we have these days about dumbing down games and stuff, we didn't have this discourse a long time ago, you know, during Super Turbo days, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. With that discourse in mind now, with what we know about, oh, devs making games simpler, and oh, my God, screw you guys, all I'm going to say is go play Alpha 1 again. You want to talk about dumbing down a fighting game, Mm. like Alpha 1 is the ultimate, like, let's, I can air block fireballs now. I Everybody has chain combos, right. you know like it's, dude, it like they there was that easy mode that blocked for you. you know <laughs> like
1: right yeah literally, yeah literally blocked for you, yeah. right.
0: Literally, this has been a thing that the F the fighting game community has been going through forever. You want to talk MVC 2? Like, I always tell the story that I dropped my control pad and got a an 100-plus hit combo. <laughs> uh,
1: was it, like, Team Super or something? Yeah, it
0: activated the Team Super. And, like, the game was designed so you could hit one button and Captain Commando comes down and just, bam, right? And, like, they tried to lower the number of attack. Like, that game was designed to be a easier game. You know, you can see it. And, like... They certainly put no effort into that game. Look at the sprites. I mean, seriously. It's like... You can tell this was a minimal effort game. And if MVC2 came out today, people would be livid.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Th-
0: like, um. what happened to Colossus's anime, Like, Spiral's Metamorphosis, where she transforms into all the characters. It's one of the most gorgeous animations in X-Men Children of the Atom. And in MVC2, every character she transforms into has one sprite. It doesn't animate. They're just like hit, g-g-g- hit, g-g-g- hit, g-g-g- hit It's terrible looking, and it's 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 awful. Like nowadays, MVC two probably would get laughed into the bank. You know what I mean? Like I don't even know if people would have given it enough time to. And when it came out, everybody was mad. You're taking away our buttons. How do we play this? It's so crucial to have six buttons in these games because of the variety. What have you done to my versus games? You know, like. These were conversations we've been having since the beginning of time. You think custom combos were added in Alpha 2 to add an element of skill? No, they were designed so that when you mashed buttons you could then just go fierce, fierce, fish 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 fierce, 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 And that was your combo. Like, this is a conversation we've been dealing with forever. Fighting games have always been trying to make things simpler. And it's never succeeded because... Yeah, and
1: screwing it up every time.
0: Yep. (laughs) Just about.
1: And accidentally coming out with a complicated game.
0: (laughs) Yep. And like you said, it's just because there's really no such thing. It just just really isn't. You know, like, maybe in some very extreme cases there are. But it's just – oh, but no. But even in
1: those, like there's still a lot of strategy in the games that are uh, less complex in the sense that there are only a couple of normals, et cetera. There's still strategy in there, man. Like it's but not simple if, in that sense.
0: If someone is going to get mad at Justin Wong for talking smack about Street Fighter the movie, the arcade game <laughs> – honestly
2: (laughs) so weird so weird
0: look if there are people out there that are going to defend street fighter the movie the arcade game that means every fighting game there's somebody for it dude like it's just (laughs) the way it is it's the way it is there's no such thing as a game getting super simple dude (sighs) okay
1: makes me think about how in um uh, each not each, but some AGDQs and SGDQs. They have the guys on who are like big Wand of Gamelon fans, like the old Zelda stuff on the CDI, mm-hmm. yeah. and and they're they're all like. <laughs>
0: I'm and, so like, hungry. Half the time, I can eat an Octorok! Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. Half the time they're talking about how like this game is really janky and this is like all super. It's like really bad, honestly. And then they'll be like, Oh, I love this game. It's just so like. <laughs> I just think that's really funny. Like, there there really are games for different people. You yeah, know, that's cool. Hey, that's cool. Itazura, people have their
0: favorites. Itazura, the actress for Chun-Li, uh, is Ming-Na Wen, who is currently Fennec Shand in the Book of Boba Fett. And she follows me on Twitter.
1: <laughs> wow. How many people does she follow on Twitter? What's that? She had How many people does she follow on Twitter? She had six uh, digits or five she digits? She
0: followed or... me because of uh, Tetris actually so. okay that's, that's rad dude <laughs> wow let's go
1: that's awesome she i don't is call ming na wen vampire. the queen
0: i don't call ming na wen the queen because that's reserved for michelle yo but she's pretty much like second in command right there so
1: pretty great nice um, work. but yeah
0: uh wow is there something else I was gonna say before the distraction about Ming Na Wen over here? Uh, <laughs> that was your fault. <laughs> yeah, I know for sure, for sure, one hundred percent Anyways, let's move on. Okay. Uh mailbag time, mailbag time. Mailbag. Let's do this. Alright. So, mailbag, we've picked two questions. Or at least I picked two questions. Did you pick anything? Or would you? Nah, we're
1: gonna we'll go in with yours. Yeah.
0: Okay, okay, okay. So we have two questions here. <laughs> Uh, Let's bring this up. All right, make sure that it's up and then. Co- Oops, actually, I also want to do that. And here we go. All right, so the first question we have is from Porta John, who says If you had no commentary duties, what's your ideal number of games to enter at a major? How many games is too many for one person to play?
1: Hmm. My number is two. It's the same number of games that I feel like I can credibly, actively learn and play and commentate. too. That's like about how much time I have uh, to like spend time on learning <laughs> games and stuff. And when it comes to a weekend, yeah, I think I think two is about where I'm at, and that's that's how it was before I quit. Uh, SF four was. The main game, but like I would enter HDR or ST. Before that, I entered both Third Strike and ST. Right. And I never, and I even back at the time, without having the same kind of explicit consideration of this fact, I just kind of didn't have t- enough time to learn CVS2 or Tekken or Marvel. What you know, whatever other games were around at the time, Guilty Gear, like people who I knew had that. I basically had the bandwidth to learn too, to like be actively trying to get good at two. And it's it's always been like that for me. So. Now, if I were to not commentate, I was saying this earlier, I'm going to go to Combo Breaker, and I will enter. I'm going to play Street Fighter V and Mortal Kombat 11. And I'm going to be, I hope I'll be commentating, right? Like, we'll see. I hope <laughs> by that I'll be commentating as well. But that's that's the same number for me, whether I'm commentating or not. It's the, It's the two. And i if I'm not commentating, I will probably have a better chance to do well in the tournament because it's it is taxing mentally to be preparing for a tournament nowadays when I prepare for a tournament, I'm looking up players and thinking about their potential brackets and what characters could I see and you know what are the like potential ad reads and who am I commentating with and what's the matchup that I have with this commentator and all, it's that kind of stuff. And that just like takes some brain power. I have to be thinking about that. Whereas if I'm going to a tournament specifically only to enter, I'm thinking much more about my path. What are the characters that I'm going to maybe fight against? Which characters' matchups do I need to know? Which players do I need to know? What kind of research can I do on them? Uh, uh, I want to have a specific mindset for when I'm commentating, which is much more uh, sort of relaxed and ready. And that's just not as doable if I'm like, Hurrying from a commentary set to play, (laughs) right? right? That's just not not as doable. So anyway, the answer is two for me. I think either way, but if I'm not commentating, I sure I'm sure that I would have more success in competition.
0: (laughs) I mean, uh, uh, I just don't commentate. I don't play at tournaments that I commentate because whenever I lose in tournaments, I get really salty on
2: commentary.
0: (laughs) Uh, but honestly, I just think the answer just depends on who you are and what your goal is, right? Sure, yeah. Because yeah, if you if you're just there to have fun, like obviously for you know people who are very competitive like us, like we we're like, well, we can't practice more than one game at a time and da 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 all this stuff like that. But if you're like, hey, I just like fighting games. I like them all. I enter them all for fun. You know, do it. And if you're Tokido in the older days, if you're like, hey, I can win every single one of these games, (laughs) enter all of them. (laughs) And then I will see him at EVO with seven medals hanging around his neck. You know, uh, I mean, like I I always tell that story of Justin going to that one tournament that he got snowed in on. And like he came home and he said he won 100 percent of the games that he entered. And it was yep. like Vampire Savior and King of Fighters two thousand two, all games that he never played. You know, like this is just the thing, right? Like if if you have that capability, do it. If you, but then using Tokido as that exact same example, as Street Fighter Five got harder and harder to win, he yeah. literally stopped entering anything except for Street Fighter V. The goal for him changed, right? It's not just wander in and win because you just can't do that anymore. The field is too strong now, right? And so he knows that he has to focus on Street Fighter V. And so that's what he's chosen to do. So honestly, I, I don't think that there's quite a right answer for this except just depending on what your goal is or what it is that you want to do at the tournament. Because some people, to some people, playing every game, and if they have the money to donate ten dollars to every single pot, just so they can have a fun and say I played in this, or maybe have the opportunity to get Daigo round number one, right. you know, I mean, that's that's great. That's what you true. want to do. So
1: that's true. But yeah, if you're not the, a shortlist of like Justin <laughs> Tokido, Chris, Chris G, G, like Ryan Hart, like Kazunoko, like there's only like. They're not. There are not ten people who could who could do that thing where you show up and win right? five yep. different tournaments. Like it's it's not many people.
2: Oh,
0: man, alrighty. Um, let's see here. Let's get back to the mailbag over here. I see why you keep getting confused right now. All right, let's do this. So next question here comes from Stephanie Brownback via Twitter. Mm-hmm. Who, she asks, it's the 90s. A sorceress has transformed the three of you into kitty cats. You now live out your days in an arcade. So we're, we're bodega cats in an arcade. Ooh, not uh, bad. Wh- which machine are you staking out as your home? Consider the best cabinet to sleep on and the type of human players that would be huddled around.
1: Dang. Wow. Um. Good question. Good I mean, question. If
0: I was a cat, I my okay. answer would one hundred percent be one of those sit down driving light gun games that nobody plays.
1: That nobody played. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because then you would have the nice chair to sit in. Yeah, that's true. Sleep. Or maybe that weird Star Wars game that you actually had to open the door and like climb into because mm. then you would just be alone.
1: You For have me, a little house.
0: For me, I mean, the Discs of Tron sit-down cabinet wasn't actually sit-down. There's not like a seat. There's just like a bump that you could lean on. So it wouldn't quite work for cats. But uh, I mean, I want that cabinet. That's one of my dream arcade, home arcade games to own. But that wouldn't be comfortable for cats. So uh, I would probably say one of those uh, sit-down. Lucky and Wild. Oh, that is that is one of those sit-down shooting games, right? If I'm not mistaken. Uh, Lucky
1: and wild sixteen
0: bit. I think that is. I think it's like one of them's driving, the other one's shooting the machine gun or oh, something like that. Is wow. that what it is?
1: I haven't seen that in a thousand years. You have one of those? Yeah. See. Okay. Wow. Yeah. There you go. There you go. I was right. The driving and shooting game. So there you go. Wow. Interesting. Uh. Yeah. I mean, good. Good question. I guess. I guess what I would say is I would play a game from the eighties. You know, like a, a game. I would play like ancient table style pac-man or i would (laughs) i would i would sit around there so that i could just version yeah cocktail version yeah 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 Yeah. so that it's it's a nice spot it's not very loud not many people are gonna come bug me because they're all playing the 90s games i just get to hang out and then every while every once in a while some kindly older person who grew up playing in the 80s would come by and pet me and hang out and it wouldn't be like some brash teenager some little jerk doing who knows what <laughs> I, w- I would have access to a much nicer clientele i think of people to hang out and pet me and in general i would just be able to hang out and do nothing
0: that's a good answer that's i think that's one. my and answer and there's and there's enough room on the cocktail cabinet that the cat can kind of sleep on the side a little bit yeah that's and what not- i'm saying
1: yeah you can spread out a little bit yeah but see
0: that's the thing is if you talk about a teenager who loves 90s games Like, the first person that comes to my head is someone like Corey Bell, right? Like, he's a newer player, but he respects the old stuff so much. And I feel like if you're in that mindset already, you're already that much cooler of a human being.
1: (laughs) I mean, like, if you're a kid in the 90s who wants to play Pac-Man, who wants to play Cocktail. (laughs) T- table back man. Exactly. Yeah, maybe you're a, maybe you're a nice kid. Maybe your nice kid. your
0: mindset is already a little bit different if you're not screaming to play the latest Pokemon game, you know, so there you go.
1: <laughs> the Pokemon, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I just I remember what
0: about- I was talking with Kitty and Olaf when we were on the stream, and they were like, we have some younger friends who do this and blah, blah, blah.
1: And I was like, just say Corey Bell. <laughs> 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 just say Corey. <laughs> oh, but man. what 90s fighting game? I mean, I feel like we kind of both copped out a little bit. Like, what 90s fighting game with the 90s fighting games crews, like the crews of people who would play? would you take as your cab? I would take Time Killers. Nobody's playing Time Killers. People go... Yeah, people I mean, try... You try out Time Killers the first couple times you see it and you go, nope, not doing this yeah. one again. It's that <laughs> then or, you ma- it or
0: Mace the Dark Age. As a person okay. who worked at the UCLA arcade where Mace the Dark Age was there for years... I don't remember seeing anyone ever play that damn game <laughs> mm. nobody played mace the dark age uh i mean i think nothing would be more appropriate than bloody roar right because you <laughs> that would
1: be a good idea. yeah you're a
0: cat and i feel like that fits but
1: uh, hold on 16-bit came out with the exact same time killers machine idea as i was talking that's genius. yes
0: i think so yeah
1: hey. uh-huh. Great and now Oric
0: actually says his friend did the sound for Time Killers.
1: What? I don't remember it being a particularly like loud or... Um, David, David, the sound uh, like, was the best
0: part of the game, obviously. Yeah, I don't remember the sound being like the a real note. The sound was so good. It was wonderful. God, Time Killers had the best sound. There, you can clip yeah, that, Oric, and send that to cut, him.
1: Right, yeah. Well, you know when you the sort of chainsaw noise when you cut off somebody's head or something was uh, I don't know. <laughs> when that, that game first
0: showed up at the at my Street Fighter local arcade, and we hit all five buttons and chopped off somebody's head, we just all laughed. It was like this is the dumbest game. And
1: we, yeah, yeah, that's the kind of game that you played a few times, and then you were like, "Well, yeah, something else. basically, he did Cubert. Oh my god, Oh, that's pretty cool. No,
0: Cubert sound cool.
1: is yeah, I, I like- know." Can, For me and sure. my
0: brother is like one of those ones that we will never forget. And I, mean, I was, remember it. and
1: I barely played it. it was was very he unique. the one
0: who also introduced the cabinet shake when you died and or when like Slinky f- jumped off and you, the sh- cabinet would shake when he jumped off and you hear this ksh- like he act like it was so cool, dude. It was neat. Man, Qbert is great. I love Qbert.
1: Cool. Okay that's right, right, well, th- yeah, that's the old mailbag today. Yeah.
0: And I think that's uh, all it. I think we don't even have time for the chit chatty stuff here. At the I end.
1: don't think it's necessary today. Yeah, we basically yeah. got through all the stuff that we wanted to get through anyway. Again, James and I are going to be doing commentary for the Capcom Pro Tour season final Street Fighter Five matches this weekend. And I don't know exactly like which ones we'll be commentating. I don't really have that <laughs> schedule yet, but. You mean we're not allowed to tell
2: people
1: mm. yet, right? And That's... then apparently there will be some big countdown to something to be revealed on Sunday, which we honestly really don't know what it is, but.
0: It might not even like, be like related. seems like SF6 is pretty plausible,
1: but yeah. yeah it might
0: not even be related to our event at all in what, any not. way, shape, or form. So.
1: Might not. You don't know you don't oh, know, but anyway, yeah. check it out if you're interested in that kind of stuff. That will be this weekend.
0: Uh, All right, Raphael. Anyways, thanks guys for watching. Take care. Oh, I need to burn them, right? Do, burn them. Still doing the burning thing, right? If Here you'd
1: like go. to. Here we go. Mm.
0: All right, thanks guys it's for not
1: watching. Dark stalkers? No, it's not dark stalkers. No. no, it's not. And uh,
0: dark stalkers are dead. Please make sure that you uh, vaccinate, stay safe out there, and take care. We'll see you guys this weekend for some amazing Street Fighter Five action. Let's go!